I've followed it my whole career. It's very simple. There's three things you just do. These three things. Pay your taxes. Mind your business. And keep Will Smith's wife's name. Oh my gosh, I needed that this morning. You made my morning. It's early. (laughs) It needed that. Hello, everyone. That's Eddie Murphy, by the way, going there on his infamous Oscar slap as the Golden Globes return after a diversity scandal. We're going to explain all of that straight ahead. So we're so happy to have you here. You can see Caitlin is back in Washington, D.C. There's so much going on there. We're going to get to Caitlin in just a moment. A lot to talk about. Are we ready? Ready. Ready, team? (laughs) Let's go. We're going to start in California, where millions remain under flood alerts, and it's not over yet. More on the deadly and powerful storm that's walloping that state. Also, there are new developments in the case of the missing Massachusetts mother, Anna Walsh. What investigators found while searching through the trash? Also this. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. That's President Biden commenting now for the first time on the classified documents that were found in his private office. CNN has exclusive reporting this morning on what those documents were. All right, to all of those stories, we're going to begin with this relentless weather that is battering California. Look, you don't really need me. All you have to do is look at the pictures. I don't have to describe them. They they describe themselves. Flash flooding, ferocious winds, mudslides, lashing that state with no immediate end in sight. Here's what we know at this hour. At least 17 people are dead as a result of the winter storms that have brought rainfall totals up to 600% above average. And more rain is on the way there. More than 6 million Californians are under flood alerts today with more watches likely to come because of that super saturated ground. We're not out of the woods. We expect these storms to continue at least through the 18th of this month. Uh, We expect a minimum three more of these atmospheric rivers in different shapes and forms, depending on different parts of the state. And take a look at this. Four people got stuck 15 feet underground after their cars were swallowed by a sinkhole near L.A. Two people got out on their own. Two others needed to be rescued. And here's what it looked like inside Union Station. This is video taken from on board a golf cart. Workers had to shuttle tra- travelers through the water as crews tried to contain the flooding. We're live in California for you next hour. So let's bring in our chief climate correspondent, Bill Weir, to help us uh, understand this. An atmosphere, I have to look at it because I've never heard of it. I've never heard of it. An a- atmospheric river? Atmospheric, it's a river in the sky, Poppy. Or maybe just think of it as a, as a gigantic fire hose that brings all that tropical moisture from Hawaii and the South Pacific screaming across and slamming into the West Coast. How does it happen and what does it do? Well, it just brings all this moisture in probably the equivalent of like the Mississippi River dumping into the Gulf of Mexico or the Amazon. Uh But instead of all that moisture going into the oceans, it's going into mountainsides. It's going into communities, going down burn scars and creating these incredible flash floods in just minutes. And does that help explain why literally every corner of California has been hit by this? Yeah, and it could get bigger. This isn't over. That's the thing about these rivers. They last for weeks. Weeks. This could be, this is the first of four events. There'll be another one this weekend, two more next week. Not as bad as right now. So we we think about like the great flood of 1862, for example. Same 
That Being was here? an atmospheric river, right? So okay. this one put Sacramento under 15 feet of water for, right. for a month. They raised the city as a result of that. What science tells us now on a planet heated up by fossil fuels right, is that's that was before man-made climate change. That was before. That was a once-in-a-lifetime event, once every couple hundred years. Now it's every 25 to 50 years. And a Central Valley mega flood yeah. where a quarter of our food is grown could be a trillion-dollar single event, uh, they warn us. You know, Ellen DeGeneres, did you see that video did, for this? Yeah. So she's like becomes a weather reporter like <laughs> yeah. as these mudslides and huge floods are happening. And then at the end of it, she says, this was on her Instagram, she says, we need to be kinder to Mother Nature, mm. which brings us to your focus, which is climate change and what we all do to contribute to it. How does that impact these atmospheric rivers? Does it? Just every... Every ton of carbon we put up into the sky or into the sea increases the odds. We're loading the dice that this is going to come up more and more frequently. So every little bit helps, but a lot of it is baked in. And uh, even if everybody switched to horses and skateboards today, we still have a century of warming built into the system. So places like California have to adapt to this and build for this. And we think about the drought. That's what's yes. so interesting. The dichotomy yes. is a mega drought while there's, it's either too much water or not enough. Yep. And the thinking now is that maybe we should start letting fields flood in the wintertime okay. so it soaks back down into the aquifer, which has been sucked dry with so many people living out there, and then farm in the, in the summers. Fascinating. Bill, thank you. You bet. Very, very much. We'll be back a little bit later with us. It. Don. Thank you both. More questions this morning about the disappearance of Anna Walsh. It has been more than a week now since the mother of three was last seen, but investigators in Massachusetts are getting their hands on more and more potential evidence in this case, and it is gruesome. Let's go to CNN's Jason Carroll, live for us in Boston this morning. Jason, good morning. What have they found now? And good morning to you, Don. Uh, law enforcement sources telling CNN that uh, investigators found a number of items that could end up being connected to the case. Those items found at that trash facility in North Boston when they were conducting a search there. Apparently, uh, investigators found a hacksaw. They found uh, torn up cloth material with what appears to be blood on that material. So a number of items found there. Uh, spoke to the district attorney about that. Asked him about specifics and about the specifics of what was found there. He says that their office not commenting, commenting on the specifics, but did say that a number of items were found, they were collected, and they're going to be sent in for testing. All of this as the investigation at the house, there was a development there. Uh, the search at the house, that has been wrapped up. As you can imagine, Don, uh, Anna Walsh's uh, family, their friends, they're trying to get their head around everything that has happened here. All of the gruesome details that have emerged surrounding this case has left them feeling devastated. I keep praying that in all these trash facilities, that facility that she's not found there and really so that, you know, we do have somewhere to go to, to, to honor her and like, and for her children to have somewhere to go to honor her. We're in absolute shock and, and disbelief as to One of Anna's friends told me over the phone, Don, that um, one of their great concerns, obviously, are for the children. The youngest is two. The oldest is just six years old. We are told that the children now are in the custody of the state. Just, Don? just awful. Jason, thank you so much. Caitlin. 
Yeah, also this morning, President Biden is now commenting, saying that he was surprised to learn the classified documents from his years as vice president were found at his former private office, as he does not know what is actually in those documents. This, as a source is telling CNN, 10 classified documents were found pertaining to Ukraine, Iran, and the United Kingdom. While the White House has stressed over the last two days that this is a very different circumstance than that of former President Trump's investigation into classified documents he took to Mar-a-Lago, the revelation has created a political headache for Biden and provided an opening for Republicans one week after the divided party took over the House chamber. CNN's Paula Reid is joining us live here on Capitol Hill. Paula, you've been reporting on this. What exactly are we learning? Because Biden says he has not even asked his attorneys what's in these documents, but you're learning more about what they are related to. Exactly. And what you saw there yesterday with the president is he is on message with his advisors. They are trying to contrast what happened here in D.C. with what happened down in Mar-a-Lago. And he's, look, not only did I not know, but when they stumbled across these materials, my lawyers did exactly what they were supposed to do. Let's take a listen. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. President Biden Tuesday denied any prior knowledge of classified information uncovered late last year in a space he used while working for the University of Pennsylvania before he became president. We want this to be a gathering place. CNN has learned that among the items discovered were 10 classified documents dated between 2013 and 2016, including U.S. intelligence memos and briefings materials that covered topics including Ukraine, Iran, and the United Kingdom. CNN has reported that some of the materials included top-secret files. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. They were found in three or four boxes that also contained unclassified papers that fall under the Presidential Records Act, a source tells CNN. The vast majority of the boxes held personal Biden family documents, including materials about Beau Biden's funeral arrangements and condolence letters. The documents were discovered November 2nd, just six days before the midterm elections. Republicans pounced, launching investigations, comparing the discovery to former President Trump's retention of hundreds of classified documents and slamming Democrats. They have to eat their words. But the hypocrisy, think about this. They've gotten away with so much for so long. This was discovered before the last election. So if then-Vice President Biden took classified documents with him and held them for years and criticized President, former President Trump, during that same time that he had those classified documents, and only after it was uncovered did he turn them back. Even Trump's estranged former vice president weighed in. The handling of classified materials is a very serious issue for our nation, and we ought to take it seriously. But there ought to be equal treatment under the law. But Democrats are defending Biden against any such comparison. What President Biden did was disclose this to the archives, let law enforcement know that is exactly the way that you should handle this. The attorney general has tapped the U.S. attorney in Chicago to review this matter. CNN has learned that that review is pretty much complete now. The attorney general has been briefed multiple times, and now it's up to Merrick Garland to decide whether or not to open a criminal investigation into this matter. And, Caitlin, that's likely something that he would have to hand off to another special counsel. Yeah, that's going to be a difficult decision for him, obviously, he's appointed by President Biden.
Paula Reed, great reporting. Thank you so much for laying out the differences there and really what now, what we're hearing from lawmakers here on Capitol Hill. Also this morning, the new Republican House majority has jumped right in with the investigations they have been promising for months. New probes focused on China. Also, the FBI and the federal government. That's ahead. Also this. Even this is the end, because you did kill me off, but it doesn't matter, because even if this is the end, you sort of changed my life in a million different ways, and my neighbors are speaking to me, things like that. And, and uh, we should have said spoiler alert, but you didn't hear that, did you? You didn't hear that. for me. <laughs> Jennifer Coolidge, we're talking about, she's talking about the Golden Globes. We're showing you the Golden Globes back on TV after going dark last year. The night's big winners, and we're going to take a deep dive next. Yeah. Did you watch? The most important role you play is being a dad. You got 10 children, 10. Your pullout game is weak, Eddie. I know you trying to break Bob Marley's record. You look at Paige and you get her pregnant. Perhaps he should have been giving that speech to Nick Cannon, but whatever. I was just going to say, doesn't Nick Cannon have, like, just welcome a 12th child? Stay out of this. Oh, now I have to weigh in on this? <laughs> Control room promised me you would handle it. Lots of laughs and memorable moments at last night's 80th annual Golden Globes, including that one. The ceremony returning to television after NBC pulled the broadcast last year because of the Hollywood Foreign Press Association's complete lack of diversity. This year, five of seven awards for performers went to people of color. Stephanie Elam looked glam. I want to know where you got those amazing earrings I saw on Instagram, by the way. Um, and was the there. earrings got a lot of love. There's, a lot of love. I mean, the, the whole thing was just so good. Thank you, Poppy. Hi. Thank you, thank you. Well, I have to say, this traditionally, the Golden Globes, is the star's favorite award show out the box because it's the first one of the season. They also get to drink wine and maybe have a nibble here or there during the show. And you could see that excitement with some of the chatter and some of the awards that we saw and some of the speeches. In fact, take a look at how the night went. Mr. Spielberg, step right up here. A big night for the Fablemans and legendary director Steven Spielberg, besting heavy hitter Avatar The Way of Water for best motion picture drama and Spielberg winning Best Director for the autobiographical story of his life. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out when I could tell that story, and I figured out when I turned about 74 years old, I said, you better do it now. The 80th Golden Globes were without the fireworks of the Will Smith Oscars, but Lifetime Achievement winner Eddie Murphy did surprise while offering advice for a successful career. Keep Will Smith's wife's name. I'm here because I'm black. Host Gerard Carmichael not shying away from the Golden Globes' controversial past. The show banished from television last year after the L.A. Times revealed its voting body, the Hollywood Foreign Press Association, lacked diversity. There were no black members. Now the HFPA says an expansion of more than 100 members has led to nearly 52% being ethnically diverse. I hope they will uphold and upkeep the high standards. Yeah. The star is telling me it was time to embrace the show's return. But one star not present, Tom Cruise, who returned his three Globes last year amidst the Globes controversy. Backstage, I found these... Uh, 
three Golden Globe Awards that Tom Cruise returned. The Globes are not always the best predictor of Oscar gold, but they can influence Academy nominations later this month. Just call me over a flash. Austin Butler fueled his momentum, winning Best Actor in a Drama for playing Elvis. And the Presley family, thank you guys. Thank you for opening your hearts, your, your memories. The Banshees of Inner Sharon bested indie darling Everything Everywhere all at once. But the latter film's Michelle Yeoh proved why she has Oscar buzz. This is also for all the shoulders that I've stand on, all who came before me who looks like me. On the TV side, House of the Dragon won Best Drama and Abbott Elementary won Big for Best Comedy. Comedy brings people together. Comedy gives us all the same laugh. Hey, Brad Pitt. Um. And no, another win for Abbott Elementary. You've also got the win for Supporting Actor. That's where we saw Tyler James Williams also take away a globe last night. So Abbott Elementary, that's just a show, the little show that keeps getting bigger and bigger and just winning over the country. That would be me. Hey, Brad Pitt. I mean, that's what was it, I talking yeah. about? <laughs> <laughs> Steph. You know how much I love Angela Bassett. Oh, maybe you don't, but I mean, she was divine last night. Her speech was amazing. And Cheryl Lee Ralph. I mean, both of them are aging backwards. It's, yeah. It, it, and, and I would like to point out that you did see some actors who have been out there doing their thing for many years, decades, who had never been recognized, getting the recognition. And you saw Michelle Yeoh speak to that. And also, Don, I can tell you that on the carpet, Cheryl Lee Ralph specifically said hello to you. Just she want to did? let you know. Ah. She actually said, Don Lemon, here's your sister. So you got, you got love on the carpet last night. <laughs> I love that. I love her. I remember I'd been a, I remember I'd been a huge fan of Cheryl Lee Ralph, you know, since yeah. um, she was in Dream Girl on Broadway. That's how old I am. I remember that. And I was pulling into Penn Station one day on the train, and I yeah. saw her standing on the platform in a fur coat looking gorgeous. I was like, that's Cheryl Lee Ralph. And I was like knocking on the window and she looked at me through the thing and just Aww. thought, it's, she's amazing. She's a, and she's, she's been great. doing her thing. Uh, Abbott Elementary, yeah. um, Quinta Brunson. If you haven't amazing. watched it, you gotta watch it. It's just a feel good show. Yeah, it's great. How you doing? I mean, you know, I'll get some sleep after we're done televisioning. <laughs> she didn't, she didn't, been what up did all you? Night. Of course you've been up, but did you see the earrings? No. They're so fab. You're fab. Thank you, Steph. You're like, what are y'all doing? We're Thank just you. Good catching to see up you with our friend. Thank you. <laughs> see you, Steph. Great job as always. So House Republican lawmakers setting up a showdown with the Biden administration and law enforcement. Their new investigation into what they call weaponization of the FBI. That is next. Also, Republican freshman Congressman George Santos says he has done, quote, nothing unethical. The complaint House Democrats are filing against him ahead. More CNN This Morning to come after the break. Uh, welcome back to CNN This Morning on a Wednesday. Coming up, House Republicans creating panels to focus on China and the FBI as they vow to bring accountability to the Biden administration. Plus, new body cam images show the suspect in the New Year's Eve machete attack near Times Square. And... Grief, the Taliban, and the crown. What Prince Harry revealed in his sit-down with Stephen Colbert straight ahead. But now to Washington and Caitlin. Yeah, a lot of action happening over here on Capitol Hill as Republicans are making good on those promises they've been making for months to use their newfound power in the House majority for investigations. 
Yesterday, they voted to set up a select subcommittee to investigate what they say is the weaponization of the federal government. Of course, they are planning to put the FBI and Justice Department under their microscope with that new committee. The incoming Judiciary Chairman, Jim Jordan, is going to oversee it. It'll fall under his purview. He says the goal is not revenge on those who have scrutinized for President Trump, but there are obviously some skeptics. We don't want to go after anyone. We just want it to stop. And we want to respect the First Amendment to the Constitution that the greatest country in the world has. That's what this committee is all about. And that's what we're, that's what we're going to focus on. That's what we're going to do. CNN's Jessica Dean is joining us live here on Capitol Hill. So what is this committee actually going to look like? Because I know what Jim Jordan is saying, it's not intended to go after people who actually work in these agencies, but the way they've been talking for the last two years, the way they've talked about these investigations into Trump in January 6th, seems like that is actually an avenue they'll explore. Right, and kind of where their head is as they put this together. This was, of course, a result of a lot of the negotiations and concessions that Kevin McCarthy was making as he became House Speaker. Uh, these hardliners were really pushing for uh, this subcommittee uh, to look into the DOJ, to the FBI. And they really, of course, those are the two entities that have been investigating former President Donald Trump. And they really see this as something uh, that they want to be doing. Uh, we know Jim Jordan, as you mentioned, tells you kind of everything you need to know that he's going to be very involved with this. Uh, we also know that a lot of these hardliners uh, want to be a part of it as well. And look, this is, Caitlin, this is something, as you mentioned, that Republicans have promised. This is what they ran on. They have been itching and wanting to get into oversight, these investigations. Uh, that was kind of part of the argument as we got later into last week uh, that we kept hearing. And I know you guys were talking about it in the studio as well, was that a lot of these Republicans were like, look, we're ready to do the work. We're ready for oversight. We want these investigations going. That's something that's been stalled as they waited for the House Speaker, for Kevin McCarthy to be installed as House Speaker. Yeah. And of course, you know, the impact of this committee could be far ranging, given he does have subpoena power. He does have this. Uh, of course, we, Democrats, one I was speaking to yesterday, noted, you know, Jim Jordan himself ignored a subpoena that he received from a congressional committee, but what other targets are they expected to go after? Has there been anything that's bipartisan when it comes to what they're looking at? And that's a good question, because also last night we saw this creation of this subcommittee on China, on kind of competition with China, and that did get overwhelming, a lot of bipartisan support. So, so that was interesting to kind of see these two next to each other. Uh, but what we think will be less bipartisan are investigations into Hunter Biden, for example, into the withdrawal of Afghanistan, the border. Uh, we know that they're very interested in, in and oversight over the Department of Homeland Security and Secretary, Secretary Mayorkas. These are some of the targets that they've been telegraphing now for months, let's say even years, right? And we expect them to go pretty hard at that. And again, this is the meat of what Republicans want to be doing right now in the House. So we're going to see more and more of this as they continue to ramp this up. And it'll take a little time to, wrap, to ramp it up. Uh, but once they get there, this is what they want to spend their time doing. Well, you have a busy two years ahead yes, of you, Yes, we do. Jessica, <laughs> Poppy, and of course, we should note this morning on Capitol Hill, Poppy, this is when they're going to be deciding who is in charge of these committees and what right. that looks like. That will really determine uh, the direction they take. What about me? She's like, Poppy, I'm here. Okay, sorry. Oh, please. George Santos. Oh, done. I thought you were asking if you were going to be chairing any of these committees. Me too. I, like, I don't think so. I, that, no, you couldn't pay me enough. Does McCarthy <laughs> also have unilateral power to replace the ones he's kicking off with Don Lemon? I don't know. No. We'll <laughs> Check see. the rules. We got some folks we can talk to about that. Um, so. Caitlin, we'll get back to you in just a minute. George Santos, the embattled Republican congressman from New York who admitted to telling a slew of lies during his campaign, is facing a new ethics complaint. 
New York Democratic Congressman Richie Torres and Daniel Goldman filed that complaint with the House Ethics Committee to investigate Santos's financial disclosure reports, right? Who he said were his clients, how much money he allegedly made from them. He says he has done, quote, nothing unethical. Santos made up lies about where he worked, where he went to school, his faith, his family connections, the Holocaust, his religion, even circumstances surrounding his mother's death. And the House Ethics Committee declined to comment to all of this to CNN. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy calling Santos that whole situation, quote, an internal matter. So let's talk about this. CNN political commentator and former White House communications director Alyssa Farah is here on senior CNN political analyst John Adam. Good morning, guys. Good morning. Um, what do you think, Alyssa, given your work in the Trump White House, Kevin McCarthy's close ties to it, and his, he wouldn't say anything before he got Santos's vote to be speaker. <laughs> but even now, I think it's really interesting that he says, you know, I think he told Manu, you know, I deal with things internally. Well, which, by the way, is absurd. They just did a 15-round vote for Speaker on the House floor rather Come than <laughs> rather than <laughs> hashing the out five. behind the scenes our <laughs> internal division. The thing that's interesting, I think this is an important step uh, that gold minotaurs are leading. However, the thing with looking into financial disclosures is you only you, you decide what you put on it. Now, now ethically and being above board and being honest, you are you know under penalty of perjury or committing a federal crime. Need to include everything. But this is somebody who's kind of a pathological liar. So I'm not sure that the financial disclosure he submits to Congress that would then be investigated would actually reveal that much. This is something that I think to truly get to the bottom of his finances, especially the $700,000 that he loaned to his campaign, you're going to have to. That's going to be an outside attorney, not something that happens within uh, the House Ethics Committee. John Avalon. Yes. Look, everyone's like, due process, we get it. These things are provably false a litany of them that can be backed up by the facts. It is evidence. Yeah. So then what is the holdup? In the old days, when people had a conscience and when people had shame, they would say, okay, I screwed up, I resign, or something. But then nothing here. What? I mean, come on, Kevin McCarthy. Come on. Look, I, I mean, we, we are in a post-shame politics downstream of Donald Trump. And, and when he says, I've done nothing ethically wrong... I don't think he knows the meaning of that word. Um, he's done everything ethically wrong by lying to his constituents about every aspect of his biography. You want to find the truth, you follow the money. That's going to be part of the investigations here. And this, this complaint by his New York colleagues is a step in the right direction. But I want to take a step back, too, because it's against the backdrop of one of the new GOP rules being basically hobbling the Office of Congressional Ethics, an independent body designed to investigate just these sorts of things, which, of course, George Santos said was fantastic. Well, it, that's that's where the oversight meets the road I, here. Can I get you guys to respond to because it's not all Republicans that are saying nothing. Kevin McCarthy may be saying, don't, mm -hmm. you know, don't mind this. I've got it internally. But I thought Caitlin's interview with Dusty Johnson, Republican from South Dakota yesterday was really great. Mm -hmm. And especially this last question she asked him in his answer. So here it was. What about your new colleague, George Santos? Does he deserve a seat on any committees? Listen, if I was the speaker, I wouldn't put George Santos on committees until we had a, a deeper and more full understanding of exactly what went on during his campaign. He should be uh, referred to the Ethics Committee. There should be a full and complete uh, investigation, and, uh, and he should be held accountable for what he's done. The fact that he's a Republican doesn't keep me from saying he needs to be held accountable for whatever he's done wrong. 
Mm-hmm. That last line. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it, it, Dusty Johnson, by the way, quickly becoming one of my favorite moderate Republicans out there. But um, he's absolutely right. And by the way, Kevin McCarthy's chosen not to sit some Democratic members on committees. And we could parse, you know, whether that's the right choice or not. Ilan Omar, uh, Swalwell, Adam Schiff. So the idea that you would see a truly pathological liar who's lied about every aspect of his resume and his personal life is kind of absurd when you're already withholding people from committees. And Kevin McCarthy could still have his vote on the floor without seating him on committees. That, to me, seems like the most obvious step that he should take as the accountability plays out. Right. That, that would be the Marjorie Taylor Greene play from the last Congress. But what Dust Johnson said there is what used to be common sense and needs to be again. You're going to mm-hmm. apply the same standards to people no matter what party they belong to. Isn't that what I just said to you before? <laughs> yes. Like, whatever yes. happened I'm not to trying that. to quote you back that was, to all, you. That, was all, that was all great. I didn't say until, right? He's like, I just think that... It's all provably false, the evidence right now. There doesn't need to be, for me, I don't think, and until, right? If right. you... Right. It's, it's pretty well documented. And one other thing, and you kind of made this point, John, this is just further evidence of the degradation of Congress. And it, we have a recruitment problem within the GOP. I, at one point, I used to try to recruit candidates, was trying to get someone to run against Marjorie Taylor Greene. He had the background. He was a veteran, a, a bit small business owner, and he just didn't want to go near it. And how often good, credible people don't want to go near the mess that is Congress yeah. is a real problem. That's Speaking actually of, a strategy. Speaking of Congress, uh, there was, uh, and you said the degradation of Congress. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the diversity of Congress, because this moment happened. I I want you to listen to the words and then take a look at the actual picture, which is evidence. All right. One of the things I'd like to see and I'm seeing is more diversity in the Republican Party. (laughs) Yeah. And then you look at the room and what? Um, a lot of old white guys. A <laughs> lot, lot, lot of old, 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 old white dudes. Um, uh, and, and, you know, speaking to a hometown crowd. Now, it needs to be said that the GOP, the you know, has, yeah. That, that's not an advertisement for that idea, is it? Oh, there's a uh, woman, I see two right? women, or three women. And, 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 but, but look, I mean, and there's this, George this, Santos G- there. He this is. This GOP, well, Jew uh, ish. ish. Uh, look, the, the current GOP members of Congress actually do represent modest improvements in diversity. That's good for the country, right? I mean, lest, lest we forget, this was once the party of Lincoln, uh, you know, and, and, and so we'll take progress where we can get it and we should acknowledge it. But you're right. There's a fundamental contradiction between the words and you know, the audience yeah. in that image. And in contrast that with Democrats, which have made huge strides to have the most diverse leadership uh, ranks that they've had in history, it's something my party's always lagged on. The conference doesn't look like the American public. It ha- we have made small strides, but again, goes back to recruitment. We need members that look like the country. Yeah, for decades, though, and I've been here, gosh, for decades. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, there's nowhere, look, the positive thing is, is there, there's room for growth in the Republican Party, but they just... They've got to make the effort to really do it because I've been hearing it for decades. Yeah. Like, you know, Big Ten and the postmortems after they get routed and Republican well, autopsy, as they yeah. call Well, and that's the thing. It's, it's the policies that lead to the recruitment of those voters. Thank you both. Thank you. And now this. So this is some breaking news, major breaking news that we need to report right now. Many flights all across the country grounded right now. This is after an FAA system outage. Now, keep in mind, this is a system that pilots use for any kind of notification. Not clear how many flights are affected or which locations. We want to get straight out of scene. It's Miles O'Brien. He's our, our aviation analyst. Miles, good morning to you. There's a, a little that we know here, but what can you tell us about the FAA system in general? 
Yes, good morning, Don. It's the uh, Notice to Air Missions, formerly known as Notice to Airmen, no TAMs. This is real-time information that is critical for flight operations. It's information that is happening kind of right now, stuff that isn't in the charts or the published data already. Uh, It's stuff like closed airspace, closed runways, uh, inoperative radios or navigation systems. And for an aircraft to uh, fly on a flight plan, uh, an airliner to carry passengers, uh, the flight crew needs to be aware of these NOTAMs, obviously, to ensure uh, safe passage of flight. So this is distributed uh, these days, of course, via computers. And there apparently has been some sort of uh, computer glitch which has uh, stopped the distribution of this real-time data. And that means that a lot of aircraft are not going to be able to be dispatched and take off this morning. Hopefully, they can get this rectified. Uh, otherwise, we've got a very uh, bad start to a yeah. morning uh, for aviation. You know, the whole the whole system, as you well know, is a bit of a you know Jenga, and all you have to do is pull uh, one little stick out of it, and it kind of mm-hmm. crumbles. And this might be what we're seeing here. Yikes! If you're watching us uh, sitting on the tarmac somewhere, good morning. Uh, pack your patience. Sounds like Miles. Has this happened before? And, and if it did. How long did it take to fix? I don't recall uh, a crash of the NOTAM system before. The, you know, the, the air traffic control system uh, is put together with a bit of bailing wire and duct tape uh, anyway because it's a lot of, um, you know, legacy systems, as we'll say. And we've had outages over the years. This particular system, I can't recall. It shouldn't be that challenging to repopulate all this data and mm-hmm. get it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll have to watch closely. And uh, a lot of people right now uh, sitting in those metal tubes wondering when they're going to be moving. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Miles O'Brien is our aviation correspondent. And if you're just joining us, there is a disruption happening because of an FAA system outage causing flight uh, groundings and disruptions all over the U.S. Not uh, quite clear at this moment how many flights are affected by this. We do have a um, Something to report about American Airlines is it's closely monitoring the situation, which impacts all the airlines, and they're working with the FAA to minimize disruptions to our operations and customers. That's from American Airlines, and I'm sure the other airlines are all doing the same. We'll keep you updated on that. Thank you very much, Miles O'Brien. We're going to stay on top of the delays. Countless funny and entertaining videos we should tell you about on TikTok this morning, but it may be harming your kids. Experts warning about the dangers of the app straight ahead. Plus this. I know there was probably victims in there, and with the shots I heard, I know it's probably somebody who's going to be deceased. That is the Uvalde police chief. New video exclusively obtained by CNN of him speaking to investigators and finally giving some explanation as to why he says he waited to have officers go into that room where children were trapped with the shooter. Welcome back to CNN This Morning. Well, psychologists are really raising the alarm about TikTok. They say the wildly popular video sharing app is having a harmful impact on young people's mental health, causing some addiction, depression. Vanessa Yurkevich has been looking at this and joins us now. I'm so glad you did this um, because I'm really scared about what it means for, you know, kids, for our kids. Yeah. And, you know, Seattle Public Schools just yesterday, they announced that they were suing social media apps Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, and TikTok. But we are hearing from both national security experts and mental health experts about the worries that they have in particular about TikTok. 
money don't jiggle jiggle it folds i'd like to see you wiggle wiggle in just five years tiktok has amassed more than one billion global users cutting up all the veggies that are going to go into the bra eyeballs around the world glued to the endless content and viral videos how long do you think you spend on tiktok every day uh two to three hours three three to four hours but last month, the U.S. government, along with more than a dozen states, banned TikTok on most federal devices, citing national security concerns over its Chinese parent company and the possibility it could pressure TikTok to hand over personal data. There is no public evidence the Chinese government has done that, but there is evidence of another risk, social media's impact on mental health, particularly among Gen Z. Teen depression started to rise after 2012. So did self-harm and suicide. Dr. Jean Twangy says as smartphones and social media grew, so did the rate of depression among teens, nearly doubling between 2004 and 2019. By that year, one in four U.S. teen girls had experienced clinical depression, according to Twangy. So there's pro-anorexia videos, there's videos that instruct people on, on, on how to cut themselves. Because what the algorithm's trying to do is get people to use the app for longer, because that's how the company makes more money. TikTok in a statement said, quote, one of our most important commitments is supporting the safety and well-being of teens. And we recognize this work is never finished. We continue to focus on robust safety protections for our community while also empowering parents with additional controls for their teens account through TikTok family pairing. Users of TikTok spent an average of an hour and a half a day on the app last year, more than any other social platform. What is it that keeps you scrolling, even if you know maybe you've spent one, two hours on it? Once you watch the one video, you're like, well, time to watch another. So you just keep doing It's like a cycle. You don't realize that the time is passing. That's exactly what happened to Jerome Yankee. I'd definitely done all-nighters on TikTok before. I had just been scrolling until the sun came up. He says he lost sleep. His grades suffered. He lost touch with his friends. He lost his sense of self. In 2021, he deleted the app. Getting disappointed by my own life is never something I want to be doing, especially when I have the power to change it. But I just wasn't because I was spending hours on this app. We have like a lot of cool resources that we give to our audience for free. Including but Hannah Williams proves the positive side of TikTok, allowing her to create a business, Salary Transparent Street, providing paid transparency to her nearly one million followers. I think TikTok definitely helped just because they have such audience reach potential. She hopes TikTok's algorithm works in her favor. Helping people in marginalized communities is the only reason I am doing this. It's my entire mission. And there is research that points to the positive side of social media. According to Pew, they say that 8 in 10 teens say that they yeah. feel connected on social media. Yeah. 71% report feeling like they're more creative because they're on social media. And I think that brings up, is there a happy medium? Right? And I, th I think there is. I mean, I remember recently the CEO of TikTok um, told Andrew Ross Sorkin uh, at New York Times Dealbook that, that they have alerts that 
pop yeah, in, right? They do. They do. So TikTok to tell you to stop. Right. And we, of course, we reached out to TikTok because we wanted to know what they were doing to help with this situation. And they have screen time management tools. They're also testing a sleep feature that will notify you when it's time to turn off your device, go to bed. But the problem that we're hearing from teens is that they feel like TikTok in particular knows them. They know what they want to consume and they create this algorithm that really pumps in content that they feel is just so attractive that they pull all-nighters like Jerome in that piece told us. Yeah. So it's, it's a balance between the app, the company doing what they can, but also, you know, there is a part of it that's on us, too, to make those judgments. And parents. Yeah. And, and parents, and as parents. I said. There is a tool, family pairing, where if, if your daughter was on TikTok. Never. Not <laughs> at six. That's what I mean, never at six years okay, old. Okay, at 13 yes. is the legal age they can get on TikTok. But you could link your account mm-hmm. with her account, and you could control what she sees. So there yeah. is that, okay. too, for teens. That helps. Thank it you. It does. Thanks, Thank Vanessa. You, Vanessa. Thanks. We appreciate it. Uh, More now on our major breaking news to tell you about. The FAA experiencing a system outage. Many flights across the country grounded at this hour. What we're now learning. Make sure you stay with us. Okay, so we have more on our breaking news this morning. The FAA system outage is grounding flights right now. You're looking at, this is Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport in Atlanta. Uh, Harry Reid Airport in Las Vegas is a split screen there. We don't see any flights taking off right now. The system that is down is the one that gives pilots the notices they need to read before flying. Unclear right now how many flights will be affected because sometimes airlines may be able to operate with the information. So the FAA Uh, advisory says, and I quote here, technicians are currently working to restore the system and there is no estimate for restoration of the service at this time. So we'll continue to check on this. This is a major, major story with these delays. Uh, We'll be right back right after this. Don't go anywhere. More CNN this morning to come after the break. This is CNN Breaking News. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to CNN this morning. Sipapi and I here in New York, Caitlin's in Washington. We'll get back to that. But we're going to begin with this major breaking news that's happening right now. The FAA experiencing a system outage. You're looking at live pictures. This is out at Atlanta. This is at Hartsfield International Airport there. You see the two planes. Many flights across the country grounded right now. I want to take you to the scene now. This is in Las Vegas. And now keep in mind, okay, this is a system that pilots use for any kind of notification. Not clear how many flights are affected or which locations. We want to get straight now to CNN's Pete Montine, but we're also being told the new information, Pete, as we get to you, you can perhaps have information on this, but United has delayed all flights temporarily as well. What is going on here? So far, Don, we've heard from two airlines here, American Airlines and United Airlines. United Airlines says it is holding all flights on the ground right now because of this major system outage. It is called the NOTAM system, the Notice to Air Missions. That means that pilots cannot receive the critical information that they need to take off. These are things that have to do with whether or not runways are open, whether or not certain navigational aids are available to pilots. This is really critical stuff, essentially absolving the FAA of some responsibility, making sure that pilots know that these things are not available or things may not be working. So we are hearing now that the cancellations and delays are going up. So far, the delays have doubled in the last hours. It was 400 earlier today. Now just check FlightAware. We've seen more than 1,100 delays nationwide today. This comes after a really 
tough winter for air travel. We saw the Southwest cancellations of the late last month over the holidays. We saw briefly an issue with their computer system. The air transportation system can be so fragile at times. It relies on some of these critical systems. And the FAA tells us in a statement it is doing final validation checks right now to make sure that this system will get back online sometime soon. We have a statement from them. They say they're repopulating the system now, but this is affecting operations across the national airspace system. That has a huge impact on air travel. We don't know the full scope of this just yet. This could have a trickle-down effect throughout the day. We will see how quickly the FAA gets to fixing the system. Mm -hmm. They have known about this issue at least since late last night. Uh, And so they have put out a few notices behind the scenes that we've been able to access in which the FAA says they've known about this since about maybe as early as 3 p.m. yesterday. Hmm. Uh, And so they've been fixing this uh, overnight. Uh, We will see if this affects flights throughout the day, if it's not just the morning. Uh, We could have a resolution here sometime soon, although the FAA not officially saying that just yet. But we know, Poppy, it only takes one glitch and then That's right. it's a snowball effect. Like right? Miles O'Brien, yes. Peter, um, uh, transportation <laughs> analyst, Miles, you know, also pilot himself, said it's like Jenga. You pull one, you know, block out and the thing collapses. He had not remembered this ever happening specifically with the NOTAM system. Have, have you? We've seen only micro instances of of this happening. Southwest Airlines had a brief outage uh, last week where its system run by IBM was Mm. not able to deliver weather packets. It's essentially the weather information in text form uh, to their pilots on the airline. But, yeah, I've been around aviation my entire life. I'm a pilot and a flight instructor, uh, and I've never seen something like this either. Uh, The fact that uh, there has been such a, a, a meltdown here of this system, you know, so many things can be such a linchpin. And the FAA is, is working on modernizing these systems. We have seen what happens when there is a, a, a local outage, like in Jacksonville at one of the big air traffic control centers there, and how that has a ripple effect throughout the airspace system, mm-hmm. causing flight cancellations and delays. This system is a nationwide system. This goes out to pretty much every airplane uh, that is trying to take off. So the fact that people cannot access this, uh, that pilots cannot access this, is really critical, and we're seeing the impact right now. All right. Pete, I want you to stand by. This is our breaking news this morning. FAA experiencing a system outage affecting, as you see in the bottom of your screen, causing major flight disruptions in the U.S. Um, Caitlin, uh, this is a big issue, as we have been saying. It only takes one thing to go wrong, and then it, the whole system can back up. A ripple yeah. effect. Yeah, and to hear Pete talk about how important these notices are for pilots as they are about to take off, as you were saying there, Don. We have Peter Goles also with us now, who is a CNN aviation analyst and the former managing director at the NTSB. So he is the perfect guest, obviously, to talk to us about this. Peter, good morning, and thank you for joining us. Talk about how critical these these notices are, these notice to air missions that pilots get before they take off. Well, as Pete mentioned, they give pilots the up-to-date information on what's going on at the airport. If perhaps a a localizer is out, which helps guide airplanes uh, into runways uh, to make safe landings, if that localizer is down, that's noticed. If a runway is closed, if a taxiway is closed. And there's been accidents in the past, serious accidents, uh, when pilots have not been up to date uh, on their NOTAMs. They haven't read them, and, and people have died. So they really have to uh, go through this packet of information before 
they, they leave the ground. And it's uh, absolutely essential. And the system can be very fragile. So it sounds like these, these notices are basically mission critical to flights. It, can, it runs the whole gamut, but they are mission critical. It can tell you that, well, there's going to be increased uh, helicopter activity around the airport today because of something. Or it says runway three is being repaved, that this portion will be shut down for two days. You know, and uh, if you don't have that information, uh, it can put you in a very difficult put situation. Yeah, Peter, do you think that this, do you anticipate this could lead to potentially a nationwide ground stop if it's not something that's fixed soon? Well, it's got to be fixed soon because uh, it will certainly uh, lead to, uh, if it's down for any kind of prolonged uh, period of time, you're going to have to transmit to fly, you're going to have to transmit that information via flight controllers uh, to pilots, uh, and that's going to, you know, slow the process up. They've got to get this fixed quickly. Okay, Peter Goals, that is great analysis. Thank you so much for, for shedding some light on this, Don. Obviously, to see just how much uh, this could have such an effect on what these pilots need to know before they're taking off. All right, Caitlin, thank you very much. Let's get back to Pete Martin yeah. and some new information for us. Pete, what do you have? We have... We have this new statement done from the FAA in which it says the FAA is still working to fully restore the notice to air mission system following an outage. While some functions are beginning to come back online, the national airspace system operations remain limited. So it seems that the FAA is on this. They are attacking this. They are trying to get this system fixed. Uh, we are seeing the delays go up by the moment. That graphic, when we first checked in at the top of the hour, was in the 1100 range. We just hit 1230 uh, delays nationwide. So far, we're seeing mostly delays, not necessarily cancellations. Airlines are really trying to stem this off, hoping that there may be a resolution sometime soon and that they can get their airplanes in the air. Let's back up and reiterate from where we were at the top of the hour. United Airlines holding all of its flights on the ground right now because of this critical outage of the notice to air missions system. That means that pilots cannot get critical information that they need before they take off. American Airlines also tells us that it is delaying some of its flights and monitoring this by the moment. So we will see as this continues uh, as this outage uh, still lingers uh, and the FAA tries to fix this problem, we know that a linchpin in the system, uh, it, it failing, can have a really big widespread effect on aviation nationwide. So far, there has not been a ground stop issued by the FAA for flights nationwide. So People can, pilots can still get some of this information, it seems, and some flights are still taking off, but out of an abundance of caution, some of these airlines are delaying and canceling flights. So uh, these are the information that pilots need that they can take off. Uh, these are things like whether or not a runway is in use. Peter Goals mentioned whether or not a localizer is in or out. You need that uh, to get down to a runway in bad weather uh, so a pilot can essentially fly blind and only in reference to the instruments. If that uh, NOTAM system is out, pilots cannot get the up-to-date information that they need to make sure uh, that those uh, they have that critical knowledge. So this is a really big outage here that cannot be understated. Uh, and the fact that this is still getting worked on by the FAA and they're still putting out updates is a good thing, uh, but we do not have an official estimate just yet on when uh, this will be over. Let's uh, stand by, Pete. Uh, Poppy has a question uh, here. I 
I, yeah. we just can we pull up those pictures, guys, in the control room? That was Reagan National. The sun's coming up, Pete, and a whole lot of flights are trying to land. If you're coming in from yeah. the West Coast and you were just talking about runways, what does this mean for flights in the air trying to land right now? Well, you know, flights in the air presumably probably already have some of this information. That's uh, Terminal 2 at Reagan National Airport. You can see the control tower there. Uh, the sun is coming up. It seems like flights are taxiing, although I've not seen any takeoffs or landings just yet. I've not been able to look at FlightAware to see uh, what the trickle-down is on the airport there right now. Um, it's a huge hub for American Airlines. Uh, so American says it's delaying some flights. Presumably a lot of upset people there uh, waiting to get on board planes or they're on board planes and the plane has just not pushed back from the gate just yet. So we all know that feeling and that's but pretty if, upsetting. If, if you are going to Newark, perhaps, right, which is right. United just trying to Hub, land your plane. Temporarily. All of, well, they, so, they said they've known about it since three o'clock. So those flights would have information, right? And they can monitor them. The, the fewer flights in the air, it's better for them because then that they have a better chance of being able to monitor what's there instead of sending more flights into the air. Pete, I want you to stand by because I, I just want to bring in now as a person who knows about this national security and so forth. John Miller. John, what, what happens now, you say? So right now, there's a couple of things going on in parallel. One, at the FAA, their technical people are going behind the computer screens to see what went wrong here, how do we mitigate this. But two, simultaneously, and they don't wait to kind of figure out, are the signs there? They just start. You've got the Department of Homeland Security, CISA, the critical infrastructure protection people who are starting to work right now, and the FBI and their cyber division to say, What's going on in the system? And is it something coming from the outside? And that comes in three brands. Mm -hmm. uh, there could be hackers who are looking for money. This is the ransomware category. There could be foreign uh, governments where they are testing their capability to infiltrate a system and affect it and may back out uh, knowing that they have that capability. And then, of course, there's the regular technical failure about did something get into the system because of an update uh, or things that we've seen in, in other large compromises. Now, to be clear, we're very early in this game and there is absolutely no indication of anything criminal or, or internationally driven by a foreign power in here. And yet, those are the wheels that are turning already because it's the kind of thing they have to assess immediately from the beginning. Uh, let's get to John. Thank you. Stand by with us. Pete is standing by. Caitlin, uh, you're in D.C. Obviously, you know, the Secretary of Transportation it's got to be all over this. Is he weighing in? Yeah, you just showed Reagan National Airport there in Washington. Big questions, obviously, here. And we are told Secretary Pete Buttigieg has been in touch with the FAA over this matter. He says that just a few moments ago he was in touch with them about the outage that is affecting this key system that provides safety information to pilots. Pete Buttigieg says the FAA is working to resolve this issue swiftly and safely so that air traffic can resume normal operations. And he says they will continue to provide updates. So it just shows that as this is happening, Pete says it was something they are monitoring overnight. But already the transportation secretary is also in touch with the FAA trying to get this issue resolved so these flights can get back to normal. John, I want to ask you, um, the information from the FAA now, an update says some functions are beginning to come back online, but the agency knows that it's going to take time to resolve. You said, you know, no indication of what you mentioned earlier about the possibilities of a hacked system, you know, so to speak. The fact that it, some, some systems are coming back online right now, does that indicate anything to you that it's... I, I, don't, I don't think that tells us anything except that, you know, the cavalry has come from their IT people and they're trying to fix what's causing the system to crash. At the same time, they're diagnosing it. At the same time, they're looking for IOCs. 
indications of compromise. And these are known signs that come on lists that literally come out every day saying, watch out for this indicator or that indicator because something may be in the system. All of that has to go on at the same time. And, and when you see a failure that is this cascading and then this national, it's one of those things where you really have to go into it saying, let's figure out what it looks like and then let's look behind that and make sure that's what it is. All right. Uh, stand by. I want to get now to Anna Navarro, uh, senior contributor and also co-host of The View. Anna, thanks for joining us. I understand that you are stuck on a plane at Miami International. You just got um, uh, some news via the overhead there. This is your really d weekly, if not daily, commute between Miami and New York. What's going on? Um, I think most people here don't know what's going on. We're getting very little information as passengers. Most of us are stumbling to the gate, uh, right? It's 6 a.m., 7 a.m. flights, and um, frankly, I think it's a good thing it's this early in the morning because most passengers here in Miami aren't even energetic enough to be pissed off yet. Everybody's just kind of sleepy and lethargic uh, waiting for more news. But all they did, uh, all they made was a very short, curt announcement saying that uh, we don't know when flights are taking off, uh, that the flights are delayed, that it has something to do with FAA, and everything else I'm learning is from listening to you. So Anna, you know? are you on when the plane? Are you on the plane or in no. the airport? At the gate. You're at the gate. This is, yeah. This is interesting. Uh, Anna, stand, stand by for us. Pete, Montina, if you're still with us, um, apparently no flights are delayed into the U.S. from, from Europe. Europe. So Amsterdam, Frankfurt, Charles de Gaulle in Paris, all operating normally. And they said the Amsterdam airport says a workaround has been issued. Can they do that here? Well, that's the big question. And that's what we would wait to see uh, if uh, the FAA can figure out another way to make this so that pilots can get this information that they need. Uh, the, the notice to air missions is something that you need to check every time before you fly. I fly. I fly a small general aviation airplane. You pull it up. You can pull it up on your phone even. We have apps that we have to check uh, to make sure that you can get these notams. Uh, you can call on the phone. You can get notams over the phone through uh, something called flight service. Uh, this is not uh, something that it, all pilots do all the time, um, but airlines must do this. Yeah. It is in their standard operating procedures. It is also uh, in the regulations uh, for air carriers to be able to check this information. And so we're seeing that some airlines are still operating. Uh, that's the big question here, and we're not really able to ascertain why. Uh, we're still checking and making rounds calls to see which airlines are flying and which are not. Uh, two doing this out of abundance of caution we know so far about. American Airlines is delaying flights. United Airlines also holding its flights on the ground. Uh, it seems that Europe operates on a different system when it comes to NOTAMs. Um, so that could be what we are seeing here. Although the big question is whether or not they're able to get full visibility. They're able to see the NOTAMs before they land here in the United States. So uh, there are a lot of uh, big questions. It's a little chaotic at the moment because we're just trying to figure out every possible angle of this. Mm. So far, we know that the delays are piling up here in the U.S., and we're seeing it go up by the moment. Uh, it was 1,230 just a few moments ago. Before that, it was 1,100. Uh, about an hour ago, it was only about 400. Uh, so we will see if there's a nationwide ground stop put into place here as well. 
we're and also, that's the other big question. Yeah, we're also, Pete, as, we, as I just reported here, an FAA update says that some functions are beginning to come back right. online, but still the agency doesn't know when it's going to be resolved. We're also seeing some planes taking off at some airports. Um, I just uh, messaged Delta to ask, you know, and Pete, I know your team's in touch with them too. Like, we haven't heard an yeah. update from, are they we okay? See, we did see Atlanta, which is the Delta, the that's, Delta That's hub. right. Um, so flight taking the off The busiest there, in but, the country. But still don't know. But again, if you're just tuning in, we're seeing flight delays and system outage from the FAA is experiencing all over the country. Uh, as you, Pete Montine, our aviation correspondent, we have our national security expert uh, here, John Miller, speaking with us. And we're just trying to figure out what's going on. This breaking news is obviously just happening. Um, and Anna Navarro, our uh, contributor, um, stuck in an airport stuck in but Miami. Happy, as she but always happy. Is. She says it's too early to get riled up. I won't use the, the exact language that she used. <laughs> so, so now what, John, uh, in this situation? Monitor the situation and then figure out what caused it. Right. And you're doing both of those at the same time, Don. I mean, first of all, the FAA's job is to get the system up and running again up to its normal speed. And that sometimes can require shutting down the system. It's what we all do at home, mm-hmm. rebooting and then looking for where the problem is. Uh, The problem is that's a challenge when you've got planes in the air and and planes that are supposed to be getting in the air. But in the background, you do have that investigation going on forensically to say, what have we seen the system act like in the past 24 hours? Does that fit in with indications of compromise or things that we've seen out there attacking other systems? Is it happening in other countries and so on? As we're looking, as you're speaking there, we see we're watching monitoring Reagan and that there appears to be, just went out of frame, um, a plane taking off taxing and it looks like it was taking off and not coming in. But again, we're going to continue to monitor the situation. There is there an outage with the system, the FAA's uh, flight tracking system or system that pilots need in order to operate. It's causing major disruptions all over the United States. We're on top of the breaking news. We're going to take a quick break, get some new information, gather the information and come back to you on the other side. More CNN this morning to come after the break. We're back now here on CNN This Morning with our breaking news. That breaking news is the FAA experiencing a system outage at this hour. A system outage, very critical uh, time in the morning when flights, people start to travel, do their business travel, travel all over the country. Live pictures now, you're looking uh, at Reagan International Airport. Uh, This is Hearts Field. This is Atlanta Hearts Field. Uh, We did see some movement at some airports. Uh, The FAA is saying that they have delays all over the country. They're not saying a complete ground uh, stoppage at this point. United Airlines, though, says that the outage is affecting operations and they have temporarily delayed all domestic flights. uh, And they're going to issue an update soon. The FAA expected to issue an update soon as well. This system that is out, that is experiencing these problems right now, is the one that pilots use for any kind of notification. Not clear how many flights are affected and which locations, but we are on top of it our aviation correspondent, and the worldwide resources of CNN, and we will continue to update. Be patient. If you're on the tarmac, we'll get you the latest as soon as we can. But we do want to go to California now uh, because how much more can this state take? Powerful and deadly storms have already dropped rainfall on the state, about 600% above average. More is on the way. This morning, more than 6 million people in California are under flood alerts, and the wave of punishing weather over the last few weeks has left at least 17 people dead. Our Camilla Bernal joins us live in Santa Cruz on the Central Coast. Camilla, good morning to you. Wow, where are, I mean, you're on what looks like, I see a double yellow, so you're on some sort of road or highway, but it looks like a lake. 
Yeah, Poppy, good morning. Streets and homes are still flooded here in this county. And I want to show you how the county is assessing the damage. They're going through the homes and putting these yellow papers. And that means there is significant damage to many of these homes. They say at least 131 have been marked this way, but they're expecting those numbers to continue to go up as they assess the damage. California needs water, but not like this. Creeks turning into raging rivers, mudslides barreling through neighborhoods and sinkholes swallowing cars. These storms hit us like a water balloon exploding and just drop water down through our rivers and creeks. So it's been this excessive amount of flooding. Blast after blast of torrential rain and wind gusts exceeding 70 miles per hour on California's central coast. We're soaked. This place is soaked. The water tormenting people across the state. There was a, a lot of excitement, fear, anxiety, stress. Santa Cruz County Tuesday was in cleanup mode after the most recent storm. It's just brown water everywhere and it's just rushing through. It was going fast. We had a canoe strapped up that we thought if we needed to, we could canoe out, but it was moving too fast. Rachel Oliveira has lived here for 20 years. Her neighborhood and home now covered in mud. It's backbreaking labor and, you know, a lot of us that live here in the neighborhood are elderly and can't actually physically do the cleanup. And, you know, with the way that the finances are with the economy. At least 17 people have died across California as a result of the storms. Tens of thousands remain under evacuation orders. The onslaught of the so-called atmospheric rivers clearly visible from space. It's been these cycles over and over again. It's really kind of wearing on the community. We're probably a little over halfway done at this point, so we're not out of the woods yet. We have another week or so to go. There's been little rest for emergency workers. Dozens rescued in Santa Cruz earlier this week. And a similar story has played out across much of the state. In Los Angeles, Union Station flooded. And to the north, in Santa Barbara County, crews responding to more than 200 incident calls. And it's not over. Forecasters say four more storms are expected to strike California over the next 10 days. You know, more rain, more flood, more mud, more cleanup. I'm just, <laughs> it's frustrating. I don't know whether to laugh or cry. And these residents have told me two things, that this is the worst they've ever seen in many, many years, and that it is extremely difficult to do this back to back to back. As you can see, it is raining right now, so more is on the way. This is a neighborhood that, yes, it floods sometimes, but the neighbors say it recedes. You can see the water is still out here, and that's why it's still so dangerous for the many people that live in this area. Poppy, Don. Okay. Camilla, thank you very much. I do want to get back to our breaking news. A major update in just the last minute from the FAA. Uh, they're ordering all airlines, all domestic U.S. airlines, to pause departures until 9 a.m. Eastern time. Let me read you in full what the FAA says. The FAA is still working to fully restore the noticed air mission system following an outage. The FAA has ordered airlines to pause all domestic departures until 9 a.m. Eastern time to allow the agency to validate the integrity of flight and safety 
information. John Miller uh, basically just said moments ago. Mm -hmm. Let's let's, uh, get some perspective on this. Peter Goles uh, is CNN's aviation analyst and a former managing director of the NTSB. So you heard the, the news at Poppy, Peter. Good morning to you. Just read FAA announcing it's ordering all domestic departures on hold until 9 a.m. to validate the integrity of flight and safety information. What say you? Well, it's pretty extraordinary. And it just uh, underscores <clears throat> what some of the others have mentioned this morning, the fragility of the system. If this this goes down... The whole system comes to a halt and it cascades throughout the day. Pilots have to have this information. They need to know whether the approach patterns that they're using are being are fully functional. They need to know what's going on at individual airports, whether taxiways are closed, whether runways are closed. I mean, this is essential flight information that every pilot has to has to receive and check uh before they uh, go on a mission and have fly passengers. So uh, this is a pretty big deal. A huge deal. I just want to be clear for our viewers, um, Pete, domestic departures. So with all your experience, would this impact landings at all? Well, of course it does. Uh, Because, you know, sometimes the notifications are directed towards uh, the approach patterns. You know, every airport has multiple approach patterns from the north, from the south. And on occasion, some of these approach patterns have more precise landing uh, navigational equipment. If some of that equipment is not functioning or is offline for maintenance, Pilots need to know that so that they're not coming uh, using those approaches during uh, heavy weather. But you got to put the... It really is essential information. Forgive me for interrupting, Peter, but you've got to get these planes down at some point. I mean, you've got a lot of um, red eyes that would be coming from the West Coast to the East Coast. We know Europe has not closed down any of their major takeoffs, and many of those flights are coming to the U.S. So what do you do? Well, planes in the air are going to have to be in close uh, communications with their air traffic controllers. It's going to put, you know, these the, the, the air traffic controllers are going to be asked to take on, uh, you know, a greater informational role. They're going to have to pass on the information uh, about outages and special conditions at the airports uh, that they're controlling to the pilots. Uh, they need to reiterate uh, if there are any uh, outages uh, directly to, to the flight crews as they're coming in. But Peter, or the planes will have to be diverted uh, to airports where visual flight rules are in effect. Okay, so Peter, what, so the question is, oh, is there a sort, some sort of drill? There, there has to be protocol for this in case something mm-hmm. like this happens. This is what we do. So it's not just like planes are willy-nilly flying about without being able to communicate with each other. There are, there's a system in place one would hope uh, in case, you know, the system went out, the thing that guides a pilot's a normal system, that they would be able to, to at least get the planes that are in the sky to land them safely. Yeah, of course. I mean, and, and as they say, it puts greater, greater responsibility on the air traffic controllers, greater responsibility on the flight crews to communicate with the air traffic controllers. Yeah. But there are systems in place. No one's going to be left circling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Okay, Peter, I want you to stand by again. The breaking news there, um, departures until 
the FAA is pausing all U.S. departures until 9 a.m. because there's this major system outage that we've uh, been, been reporting. It's a very big deal. This is why we basically stopped reporting everything else and gotten to this breaking news. But as you know, you cover a business, um, and so does Christine Romans. Let's bring her in now. As you, you mentioned, uh, Poppy, you said, you know, that this is business travel, right? The people usually start now with the business travel. So I, what does this mean? For it's a really business? tough time for all this to be happening because of all of those problems we had, remember, over the holidays, especially Southwest Airlines, that was a really bad time uh, for them as well as they were trying to get resolve all of the problems with baggage and get people reunited with their baggage. And now, you know, the high margin part of the business is business travel. And so these morning flights are the big business travel flights. And this is an important part for uh, airlines' bottom lines. Also, just think of the lost productivity of people waiting at an airport, trying to figure out where their lost connection, you know, if remaking their connection. So it just comes at a tough time overall for an airline industry that is trying to come out of the COVID era and grapple with huge, huge demand for travel and leisure and business travel. I wonder if we have an update on how many flights now because how many flights? Yeah. Yeah. Do we know, guys? I don't know if we have Pete Montina. Over 1,200. 1,200 for now is what we Yeah, but if they're delaying them all, it's going to be more. You know what, Romans, I was thinking of that new law that came into effect a few years ago that passengers can get a lot of money back from the airlines if they sit on the tarmac for more than three or six hours. And that's if it's their fault. Yeah, so this this wouldn't apply here. So this is something that is a problem with the FAA and with the software, right, for the FAA. And so this doesn't seem to be an airline problem. This seems to be a problem system-wide. But you're right. You know, that was actually modeled after some very generous laws in Europe. If you, at the the fault of of an airline or sitting on the tarmac or sitting even in the airport for a couple of hours in Europe, you're you get big money back. And that was something that um, travel advocates, consumer advocates in the U.S. wanted to model in the U.S. because so many people were spending so much time. They felt like they were just at the whim of of airlines, quite frankly. This not the airline's fault at all. It does not appear to be, no. Okay. Right. Thank you. Uh, the breaking news here on CNN is that the FAA has a system outage announcing that it is ordering all domestic departures on hold until 9 a.m. Eastern time. They say they, quote, want to validate the integrity of the flight and safety information. As of now, we know there are about 1,200 and possibly more, probably more flights uh, that have been uh, delayed and, and stopped from uh, taking off here in the United States. Um, also, United Airlines is saying, obviously, they have stopped all flights because everything has stopped. The transportation secretary, Pete Buttigieg, um, tweeting, I have uh, been in touch with the FAA this morning about an outage affecting a key system for providing safety information to pilots. So everyone is on top of that. And you see our Caitlin Collins is in Washington, D.C. this morning monitoring this and other news as it relates to what's happening in the country. Caitlin. Yeah, something big that they are watching here. Obviously, Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is in touch with the FAA. We're reaching out to lawmakers here on Capitol Hill about this as well. That's been, you know, dealing with travel issues after the Southwest debacle that we saw happen in recent weeks. So we will stay on top of that. Also this morning, President Biden has just returned to Washington from Mexico City. He is now commenting for the first time on the classified documents that were found in his office, his private office. These are from his time as vice president, and they've been taken there after he left the White House during that time. And there are big questions, of course, about what exactly those documents were. President Biden says he himself does not know. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. But I don't know what's in the documents. My lawyers have not suggested I ask what documents they were. 
I've turned over the boxes. They've turned over the boxes to the archives. And we're cooperating fully, cooperating fully with the review, and which I hope will be finished soon. The White House is drawing a sharp distinction between this and former President Trump and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy weighing in on the discovery last night. The hypocrisy, think about this. They've gotten away with so much for so long. This was discovered before the last election. Why weren't they raided? Why didn't they have the FBI coming in? Why didn't he in 60 minutes say, well, I understand that because I bet I have the same problem. They think the law doesn't apply to them. They think they write their own. And that's what infuriates the American public. America believes in fairness and honesty, and that's not what we're getting from them. CNN's Arlette Signs is live at the White House this morning. Arlette, obviously the White House is saying this is nothing like what happened with Trump. You see Republicans are drawing the comparison. What are they saying about what is the latest when it comes to the investigation and the matter into these documents that were taken? Well, Caitlin, the White House has been quite limited in the information they have been able to share, saying that they are awaiting this review from the Department of Justice. But you heard President Biden trying to lay out the facts of what exactly he knew, saying that he doesn't know what's in the documents. He was surprised to hear that government records were even on hand here. But bottom line, what the president and his team are trying to make clear is make this implicit contrast that the way that he is handling these documents completely is different from the way former President Donald Trump has handled these documents. The White House is insisting that they are following the protocols that they notified the National Archives uh, as soon as they learned of this. And they're trying to make that important distinction between what's going on in this case and what happened with for former President Trump down in Mar-a-Lago. Arlette Sines, thank you so much for that update. And joining us now here on Capitol Hills, we are still monitoring what's happening with the FAA, is Democratic Congresswoman Mikey Sherrill of New Jersey. She is a former federal prosecutor, former Navy helicopter pilot, and also served as a Russian policy officer. She's also served on the House Armed Services Committee. Thank you for being here this morning. I think one big question that obviously lawmakers are facing here is what's your concern when it comes to these documents that President Biden is now weighing in on? Well, certainly, anytime you see um, classified documents not being handled correctly, it's a huge concern, uh, especially for um, someone like myself with a background in national security. And I think we need to take a, a strong look at some of the protocols about how these documents are being tracked and how um, it wasn't realized for so long that these documents were not being, um, you know, were not in the places where they should have been under secure location. That said, I do have to agree that this seems to have been handled completely differently than the hoarding of documents, the refusal by President Trump and his team to allow investigators in to turn over those documents immediately to have a discussion about where documents might be. So it does seem like um, an unfortunate breach has occurred, which we need to look into. However, it does also seem as if this was something that uh, President Biden and his team worked very hard to remedy right away. Does it concern you that this happened, though, the day before the midterm elections? That's when these documents were found and we're just now finding out about it? It, it does. I, I'd have to look as to, you know, when they were discovered and why we're just finding out now. Um, that does concern me. This has to be a very transparent process to ensure again, that we're handling the classified secrets of this country very, very carefully. But I, I do, you know, sense that everything that that he suspects might be classified has been turned over immediately, that they're working closely to make sure they're following now the rules and protocols, which does 
stand in stark contrast to everything we've seen from Trump, who, in fact, seemed to be hoarding documents purposefully. And then as he was being asked about that, trying to, um, you know, refusing to turn those over, refusing to make sure that those documents were secured. Yeah, he fought the federal government for over a year trying to get those back. You're here on Capitol Hill. Obviously, Democrats are in the, the minority now. There are new committees that have been created after Republicans are following through on their promises to conduct these investigations. One is into the weaponization of the federal government, as Republicans are framing it. Do you view that committee as legitimate? Now, you know, this seems to be a concerted attempt as we look at the new rules, as we look at the gutting of the ethics committee, the the rules that will result in on the ethics board all but one Democrat being let go, um, the now attempt to um, investigate the investigators, if you will, to go after places like the FBI who are trying to get to the bottom as we speak of January 6th, for example, um, something that I think my Republican colleagues just want to sweep under the rug. This seems to be like a broader and more large scale effort to um, not allow any investigation into anything that's going on in this Republican House. Some of your colleagues have said that what they're doing is essentially gutting the congression, the congressional ethics investigation that looks into those those members when they're recommended. Is that a concern that you have as well? Certainly. Um, you know, this is ironic to me, and I think this is something that the American people um, have seen for far too long, uh, this idea that they're going to supposedly drain the swamp. But at the same time, they're saying that what they're doing is quite another thing. They're gutting the ethics committee. They're trying to hold themselves above the law. And I think that's something we'll see more of. And it seems to be a larger scale effort. But there are some avenues for bipartisanship. You are one of the members who actually voted in favor of those Republican efforts to create this new committee on China. Why did you support that? You know, I think um, being a member of the House Armed Services Committee and a veteran, we have long seen industrial espionage, for example, from the Chinese attempts to um, take the progress, the research, the development of the United States um, and use it for the benefit of China to steal those secrets. In fact, I've seen, I, I've heard from other members of Congress uh, that, you know, in their state, when certain Chinese nationals were questioned, there were barrels of documents being burned as they were being questioned about what secrets they might hold um, as they were leaving. So this is something that we have known about for years, um, and we really have to get to the bottom of it. We also have to understand we are facing a very new global economic system. We've sort of realized that the, the just-in-time um, supply chain that we were all relying on because of the free flow of goods across the world is really a, a sort of uh, non-resilient, weakened, and fragile system, especially right now in the wake of COVID. So it's incumbent upon us, I think, to understand how we make sure we are competitive with the Chinese across the world as we go into this new global economy. Congressman, thank you so much. You know, very busy two years ahead of you. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us and talking about those committees. Well, thank you for having me. Thank you. Don, Poppy, I know there's a lot of breaking news back on the FAA here in Washington. We're also monitoring that as well. Yeah, we're going to uh, continue to check back with you, Caitlin. Yes, but we are monitoring what's happening now. The FAA announcing that they're ordering all domestic departures on hold until 9 a.m. That's why you see the planes, Poppy, just sitting there yep. on the runways. We're checking on it uh, to figure out exactly what's happening. But as of now, we're told there are about 1,200 and probably counting flights. Oh, yeah. Look at that.
That's California, LAX, just sitting there. More CNN This Morning to come after the break. Here's a breaking news this morning, and welcome back to CNN This Morning, everyone. You're looking at live pictures now, Newark Liberty International Airport. Those live pictures are up because the FAA is announcing, has announced, and uh, it is ordering all domestic departures on hold until 9 a.m. They say they, quote, want to validate the integrity of the flight and safety information. That is because a system that guides pilots and air traffic control it is down, and it has been down, and so they're trying to figure out exactly what is going on. Uh, the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, monitoring also the White House as well. Our Caitlin Collins is in Washington, D.C., with information on that. What is the president saying, if anything? What is happening, Caitlin? Well, he actually is set to leave the White House in a few moments, so we'll see if he comments on this, Don. He has been briefed by the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg. As we were noting earlier, Pete Buttigieg has been in contact with the FAA about this. I will say that Karine Jean-Pierre, the press secretary, says right now there's no evidence of any kind of cyber attack at this point. They said that Biden has directed DOT to conduct a full investigation into the causes, and the FAA will provide regular updates to the White House. So we'll continue monitoring what the White House is learning. I do want to bring back in the congresswoman we were just speaking with. She is a former Navy pilot. She knows very well just how critical these notices are to pilots as they are flying and navigating on the ground. And so I think for people who aren't familiar, if they're sitting on a plane right now and they're wondering why their plane is not taking off, why they're grounded, explain just how critical these are to the safety of these flights. Certainly. These NOTAMs, um, they used to be called Notice to Airmen, and now they're Notice to Air Missions, um, are incredibly important. Every pilot, before he or she, as they're doing flight planning, they review the NOTAMs. These are abnormal things happening at an airport that happened too recently to um, get out the word by other means. So they're, they're near-term, different abnormalities at airports. Say in California, for example, maybe one of the taxiways was flooded out by recent weather. And so they'll alert pilots that taxiway is down. So you as a pilot do not want to fly into any airport or any area where you do, haven't reviewed the NOTAMs. You don't know what the status on the ground is. On the ground. Exactly. So everyone who's in the air now who will be landing is safe. That, that you know, that airport will ensure that the pilots understand how they're landing, where they're landing in, on an individual basis. But generally, you would never take off as a pilot without reviewing the NOTAMs for the airport you're headed to. So Poppy was just asking for flights that are already in the air because we know they've grounded the flights until 9 a.m. What happens if you're a pilot and you're in the air right now, the system is down and you're trying to land? So your air traffic controller will know his or her airport and will be, will be relaying to you on an individual basis as a pilot, look, this taxi weighs down, we're gonna route you through here, um, or we're gonna have you land here, or be aware that there's construction going on in this area. So, so everyone should feel safe and confident, but as you can imagine, with the aviation system of the United States of America and all of the various planes, and some of the smaller airports that don't have um, as, as you know, don't have the air traffic controller um, system right there to tell you what's going on. You need this system of NOTAMs, but everyone in the air will be safely landed at our airports. Yeah. And we're going to let you go so we can monitor the breaking news. Thank you for staying with us a few more moments. 
One last question, though. The FAA is still run by an acting administrator. They do not have someone permanent in that position. We were just talking about this. Biden is going to have to renominate the, the person because of the new Congress. Does it concern you that at a time like this, when something this significant is going on, that there's no one permanent leading the FAA? You know, I'm sure the acting person is going to do a great job. But I think it just speaks to a broader of effort by many members of Congress to try to get the business of the people done um, in regular order, to try to get these nominations through more quickly, to try to not politicize so many of the nominations of good quality federal servants that we really need in office on a regular basis, not on an acting basis. Congresswoman, thank you for sharing a few more moments with us. You are a former Navy pilot. You have great experience here. So we really do appreciate your perspective on this issue, uh, Don and Poppy, that obviously is affecting so many people sitting on tarmacs at airports yeah. right now trying to board flights. Yeah, and we're going to get to one of those people in just a moment. Stand by, Caitlin. But again, the FAA announcing right now, not 9 a.m., nothing is going to take off here in the United States. That no-tam system that you heard the Congresswoman speak of there, it's a notice-to-air mission system. Basically, it's a system that keeps everything cool coordinated yep. in, in the sky coordination so that um, there are no accidents and everyone is safe uh, in the country. Uh, we were looking at, uh, as we were talking about it, Pop, we were talking about your question, what yeah. happens to planes in the sky? We did see something coming in um, at an airport. I'm not sure if it was Reagan or exactly where it is. That was Vegas. That was Vegas. But that is D.C. And speaking of D.C. David Urban, you see him often on this show, CNN contributor. David, you're stuck, my friend. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. But we're just, you know, we're sitting here at the desk, you know, yeah. telling you what we're hearing. But we, you're there. Right. Well, we're, uh, the only right. form of communication is a cell phone. And David texted me saying, Don, what is it, two or two and a half <laughs> hours? You said I'm sitting here at DCA. Are you on a plane or are you in the airport? No, no, Don. So I was poppy. I was watching you guys this morning, right? I was at a hotel in downtown DC. Yeah. And uh, knowing this was, you know, happening, I checked FlightAware because I, I, I saw the news and everything was clear. So I said, okay, I'm going to head to the airport and it. So I pulled up to National. I saw there were no planes on the on the ramp, none on the runway, mm. and it didn't bode well. And then as soon as I got in the security line, I got a notice from American mm. saying two two hour delay. And I looked at the board here. It's it's quite a scene. The departure board. There are five televisions. Um, most of the televisions are red with flight either cancellations or delays. Probably on on each board, you know, so ninety five percent of the flights are canceled or delayed that are on the boards, and people are just showing up and with the. Uh, you know, with a kind of an air of resignation that this is the new normal um, in, uh, in American air travel, that even on a good day, you know, your flights are delayed or they're just inexplicably, you know, postponed. And uh, today is like something I've never, I've never experienced anything like this. I mean, I'm looking out on the ramp and every flight, every gate is full. Planes are all just sitting there. Nothing's happening. Can you take some pictures of that, first of all, of uh, uh, yeah, the, sure. the, the pictures, yeah. the, the televisions you were uh, talking to us about what's the temperament of the folks there? You know, a, a resignation, kind of, you know, uh, shrug and like, well, this is the new normal, right? There's, it's, uh, I heard Anna say it's too early to be too frustrated. I think people are just showing up and, uh, you know, for six and seven and 8 a.m. flights. And, you know, I, I was standing at the board watching people come up and just kind of shake their heads and say, oh, no, are you kidding yeah. me? A lot of people you know, hadn't tuned in here, just finding out for the first time when they get here. And it's, uh, Obviously, quite disappointing if you're planning on going someplace and making a connection today. Uh, you know, you're probably probably not going to happen. So I would strongly advise everyone to check before they leave because it looks like it's going to be a long, long day. Just would note, not the airline's fault. This one, this is this is a big system, and they need to work carefully, right? Not fast, but carefully to get it. Yeah.
fixed. David Urban, stand by, but I guess you have no choice. Sorry about oh, that. David. <laughs> David, thank I'll be, you. I'll be, I'll be here till at least 10.30. All right, David, but, but keep us updated and send us any information okay. you have, including some pictures okay. of monitors we'll get, and we want people Great. to see what's happening inside the airports. That's mm-hmm. our own David uh, Urban, a political um, analyst here um, on CNN, a political contributor. So listen, this is what's happening around the country. There is an outage here of a system that uh, called the NOTAM system, or Notice to Air Missions system, which keeps everything coordinated in the skies and on the ground to make sure that passengers and planes are safe. That is out. The FAA announcing ordering all domestic departures on hold until 9 a.m., just over an hour. We'll we'll see if they extend that beyond 9 a.m., but it's affecting a whole lot of flights, but more importantly, a whole lot of people just sitting there like David Urban. Back in a moment with the breaking news. This is CNN Breaking News. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on CNN this morning. We are monitoring the major breaking news from here in New York and also Washington, D.C. This morning, you're looking at these live pictures now. They're out of airports all across the country, Atlanta, um, all over the U.S. As major, another major air travel disruption is happening across the U.S. A technical outage forcing the FAA to ground all domestic departures until 9 a.m., Check out the scene now. This is out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And keep in mind, um, as we look at these pictures, we'll get them up. This is a system that provides pilots with any pre-flight safety notices. So as we continue on with the breaking news here, we want to get straight to CNN's aviation correspondent. That is Pete Montine. Uh, He joins us now from Reagan. Pete, good morning to you. Thank you for joining. As we are hearing now at least from our very own David Urban, who is, I think, at the very same, he is at the very same airport that you're at. His flight has been canceled. Are we seeing cancellations happening? And are they moving? The the FAA is saying the system is down. Uh, Are they checking on the system? And they're going to ground everything until 9 a.m. Are cancellations starting? And are they going to move back that 9 a.m. time that they have put in place now? we are mostly seeing delays right now, Donna. I just took a breeze by the, the departures and arrivals board here at Reagan National Airport. We're seeing the delays go up here. We're also seeing them go up around the country. Just check FlightAware. The delays keep going up by the moment. 2,500 delays across the country right now. We've seen that go up by about 1,000 delays in the last hour. Uh, just before 7 a.m., it was only 400. So this is having a huge, widespread effect nationwide because there is now a nationwide ground stop in place from the Federal Aviation Administration. That means that flights are not able to depart from the airports where they are leaving from. That is a huge impact, and it's impacting every airline. The airlines are being told to stop all domestic departures because of this system outage It's behind the scenes at the FAA. It's called the Notice to Air Missions System. Usually used to be called the Notice to Air Men System. Now it's been changed to Notice to Air Missions. NOTAMS is the term for the acronym. And that means that pilots cannot get this critical information that they need to take off. These are things like whether or not runways are open or closed, whether or not radio navigational aids that pilots need to land, whether or not those are in place and in position and working properly. So this is having a huge ripple effect across the U.S. And the FAA says it is working to deal with this as swiftly as possible. It is trying to repopulate this system, it says, 
but it says there is no evidence so far of a cyber attack. That just in from the White House press secretary. We know that President Biden has been briefed about this issue. We know that Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is also in touch with the FAA about this. Of course, a lot of frustrated passengers at airports across the country. We were seeing some delays, some departures and arrivals earlier today. But now that this nationwide ground stop is in place, that makes it official. No flights leaving U.S. airports until this issue is resolved. Notams are essentially the thing that pilots need to read before they fly. It is Bible and verse in the federal aviation regulations. There has never been an issue like this uh, in the airspace system that I have seen. I've been flying uh, pilots since 2007. I've been around airplanes my entire life. Both of my parents were pilots. I'm a flight instructor. There has never been something like this in the national airspace system before. This is a mega impact. It cannot be understated uh, how big of an impact this will have. Even if this uh, is able to be fixed by the FAA soon, there will likely still be a ripple effect. We have seen that behind the scenes. Think about uh, the Southwest issue uh, just of a few weeks ago uh, when they had back-end infrastructure issues that caused their schedule to melt down, and that happened for days and days. So we will see if the FAA is able to get this system back online and what the lingering impact of this will be, Don. Uh, and this is the NOTAMS system, Notice to Air Missions system. And as you've been pointing out, Poppy, it's not, this is not the airline's fault. It's not. This is a glitch in the system. Listen, and this is so big, everyone yeah. is monitoring. The White House monitoring also the transportation safety. I just, Pete, Secretary. I just wonder, you know, a lot of folks watch us in the air. So if you're watching CNN and you're in the air right now, can you help people understand if this means anything for their ability to land? The ground stop only affects flights that have not yet taken off. So if flights are already in the air, they should still be able to land. Okay. Right. And so the flights that have already taken off, they should be okay. Uh, The ground stop only affects planes that are on the ground already, meaning holding them on the ground. That's what a ground stop means. uh, Making sure that they do not take off. So this really does not have a big impact on flights in the air. And I've been checking some of the flight tracking sites. I've been making sure that flights in the air are still getting through. They're not in holding patterns. They're not being put into those uh, long waiting lines to get into an airport. Things are still getting in, although we will likely see that all come to a halt here in a few moments uh, as uh, this ground stop has now been issued. They've also got to move some planes out of gates so those landing planes can get to gates to get people off. So I cannot (laughs) imagine what it's like at those airports. The Um, question is now what, right? Yes. Now what? So let's bring in Mary Schiavo, CNN transportation analyst. Uh, Mary, you are also, of course, people should know, the former inspector general for the transportation department. We just heard Pete Montine. This has never happened in America before. So what happens now? What happens now is what really should have been happening all along. Now, when the FAA built out, and then we're talking, you know, several decades ago when the plan and they started building out the system to make everything electronic, a seamless electronic system where you would get the information before you fly, which is what a NOTAM is. It is, think of it as a great big bulletin board in the sky where every airport, every every flight route, every, every piece of information out there about tweaks in the system, what runway's in use, if there are runway lights out, if you have a different minimum that you have to follow, if any airport has something that's a little bit unusual from what the typical is in the published uh, publish approach, for example, you have to check that before you fly. It's one of the several things that you have to check before you fly. So Pete's right. So if the planes were already in the air, they've already checked this, and they can get this information that they need to get safely down, 
by communicating with air traffic control and en route centers. So they can pass the information on to them, but it's a lot of information. Think about that. Every piece of information from every airport or every flight route or anything that pilots report for trouble can be posted as well. And that was supposed to be run by a big computer system, and they were supposed to have three systems, one to be running, one for maintenance, and one for backup. Well, over the years, it's been very expensive. And by the way, these are supposed to be run by uh, contractors. And the contractors are supposed to keep these up and running at all times. So there's a lot of questions here as who and why this failed. Now, in the olden days when we relied on paper and telephones, the flights would go on because that's how you used to check them. Now it's literally impossible because everything is by computer and it seamlessly goes into your computerized flight program. And that's why there's so much trouble for this one system being down. Uh, Mary, I guess, uh, you know, we always wonder what are people thinking about at home now? So if you're at home watching this, what should the you folks do? I guess too. you're just patient. And also, uh, you know, I guess the people in the air, if you have someone in the air, that they're really safe at this moment. The people in the air, first of all, you're going to be safe because your pilots check this, your airlines required by law to check this. Uh, general aviation pilots, uh, you know, like me, they check this. Everyone check before you take off if you're a good pilot. You're safe in the air, and air traffic control will get you down. Why? Because your aircraft and your pilots are communicating with air traffic control. The ground stop. For people on the ground, this isn't good news, but you're on the ground to keep people in the air safe so nothing happens to them. So people in the air, you're all safe. Um, but, you know, people at home are wondering, because anyone who uses computers, which is everybody in the world, wonder, well, if you can have computer bulletin boards for every kind of recipe there is in the world and hundreds of millions of dog pictures and cat pictures, why can't you get your computer bulletin board for airplanes up and running? That's the biggest question of all. Computer bulletin board, which is kind of what this is, not exactly, um, is not a high-tech operation. So, you know, in the past when the FAA has had computer outages, there had been a lot of different causes. One, one big problem the FAA was actually caused by a fire facility. They've already said this is a problem that they're just, they're fixing the system and they're rebooting. So we know it's not some kind of fire, but there are a lot of different causes. But this is not, um, this is not the most high tech part of the air traffic control system. Obviously, things Things like collision avoidance and all of the scheduling, et cetera, can be more complicated. But um, I think in the end, we'll find out this was, a, you know, a glitch programming code error code. Because remember, when the FAA was developing this system, and this was decades ago, they literally had five million computer code glitches they didn't quite know how to solve. So things have improved, but even a few lines of code can mess up their system. All right. Mary Schiavo, we want you to uh, stand by. Poppy, new information coming in. I'm just well. hearing from Delta Airlines. Here's what Delta Airlines is saying. Remember, they're one of the biggest, I think, biggest carrier and hub is, is Atlanta. Quote, Delta safely focused on managing our operations during this morning's FAA ground stop for all carriers. We'll provide more updates as soon as we can. They said in the meantime, uh, customers need to use the Fly Delta app, check the status before they get to the airport. So essentially, that's them saying... Um, wait, <laughs> wait, wait yeah. before you, you come to, to the, the airport, airport right? check the status. So you're not just sitting there. But listen, this is the breaking news on CNN this morning. The FAA announced this morning that it has ordered all domestic departures on hold until 9 a.m. Major flight interruptions. Basically, mm -hmm. this is a ground stoppage here. Twelve hundred and thirty flights happened earlier. Now we're up to at least twenty five hundred and 
count 3,500, excuse me, 3,500 and counting. And there's also news from Washington. Obviously, uh, the president of the United States monitoring this as well uh, as a transportation secretary. And um, a statement has been released, I would imagine, from the White House or from Washington, D.C. And that's why we need to get to Caitlin uh, with details on that. Caitlin, what is the White House? We know that the president is monitoring as well as Pete Buttigieg, the secretary, transportation secretary as well. What's up? Yeah, lawmakers here on Capitol Hill also watching this closely. We have just heard from President Biden, who says he was just briefed in the last 10 to 15 minutes or so by the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. So I want to go to CNN's Arlette Sines. She is live at the White House where President Biden just departed and spoke with reporters. Arlette, what did the president tell you about what they believe is behind what's happening here with the FAA? Well, Caitlin, President Biden said he spoke to Secretary uh, Pete Buttigieg and that so far they don't know the cause of what has uh, caused these FAA system outages. Now, the president said uh, that he's directed them to look into this and that they hope to have a better idea in the coming hours. The president was also specifically asked whether there were any cyber concerns related to this, and he said uh, that they just simply don't know. And White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre uh, said in a tweet that so far they have not seen any evidence of a cyber attack, but that the president has asked the Department of Transportation to conduct an investigation into how exactly this all played out. White House Chief of Staff Ron Klain also said they expect to get further updates from Secretary Buttigieg a bit later this morning. But clearly, this is presenting a huge logistical headache uh, for these airlines and so many travelers across the country. This is something that the White House will continue to monitor uh, over the course of the day, especially as they try to determine the cause of these outages. Additionally, I should note uh, that the president made these comments speaking to us uh, out on the South Lawn as he was departing to travel to Walter Reed. He is accompanying uh, First Lady Jill Biden there, where she is having a surgery to remove a skin lesion from her face that was found during a routine skin cancer screening. Uh, so we'll see maybe if the president might have more to share uh, when he comes back from Walter Reed a little bit later this morning. Yeah, we'll be watching that closely. He seemed to say he believed, he believed it could be a few hours before they actually know yeah. what is behind this, what has caused the system to go down. The president saying flights can still land as of this moment, Poppy, as you were noting there, but saying obviously the issue now is that they cannot take off. And you know, when you're in this position, they have to examine everything. You know, they don't have an indication right now, Don and Poppy, that there is any kind of cyber attack behind this. But the president said, we don't know. It's right. one of those things that they are still trying to figure out uh, more information about it. Yeah, he told uh, the reporters that the FAA doesn't know what was the cause of the outage. He also answered that he didn't know if it was a cyber attack. Of course, when this happens, right, that's one of the first questions that comes about. Uh, Caitlin, we're going to check back in with you. Uh, thank you very much for that. I can't remember in my time here um, at CNN anything like this for they an outage and Pete Montine as never. well. It's, so it's unprecedented. Yeah. yeah. It, it is, yeah. And speaking of um, what is happening, Gary Tuckman live for us at Atlanta Hearts Field this morning. Uh, Gary, you're, you're right in the middle of this. I understand I've been monitoring your social media. You've been sending pictures of what's happening in the airport and also the flight boards as well. What are you seeing? Well, Don, I'm here at the busiest airport in the world, Atlanta Hartsfield Jackson International Airport in an airport club, the Sky Club, the Delta Sky Club. It's very crowded, although it's often very crowded in the morning, but more crowded than normal because so many people have delays this morning. There's no panic whatsoever. People are used to delays. A lot of people don't even know what's going on. But you look at the board, and I'm going to show you. This will give you an idea. Every flight that's before 9 o'clock has been rescheduled after 9 o'clock. For example, Panama City right here, 810, believe it, at 930. 
one at 842 is leaving at 9 o'clock. I'm using my phone right now, so excuse my photography here. This 826 flight is delayed till 930, 730, delayed to 930. So it gives you an idea. Every flight on this board that is for before 9 o'clock is scheduled for 9 or 930 right now. So I will tell you once again, it's often very crowded in the mornings here in Atlanta, but more crowded than normal in the lounge as people wait for their flights that have been delayed quite a bit and hoping for the best, hoping they get to their destinations without much more of a delay. Hey, question you. for you, Gary, um, if, back to that board, if, if you don't mind. Uh, we're speaking yep. to David Urban, who was um, stuck at, at Reagan. I don't know if he's actually stuck because he, he never got on a plane, but he's saying his flight was canceled. Are you seeing any cancellations up on those boards or no? No, that, that's what's notable. There's zero cancellations on the board. And once again, this is the busiest airport in the world. So we see no cancellations whatsoever, but just tons of delays till 9 o'clock or after. But not extensive delays, literally just till 9 or 9.30. Nothing more than that at all. Gary Tuckman, live for us at Hartsfield-Jackson International Airport. This is the first scenes that we've gotten from inside the airport. Yeah. Uh, Gary, if you will, I'd love to go for you to be able to go out, if you can, to, to see what folks are doing outside. You're making Gary the leave the cushy sky club. Well, <laughs> it's not so cushy, right? That's it's probably true. nice to be in there at this moment go, to have go some report for us, to, Gary. to go at least, Gary. How far are you from the entrance? Do you have to go up and downstairs, or is the door right in front of you? There's two long escalators down, so I'll head down one of them. Okay. I, I am about to go to my plane, which my plane for my story that I'm going to right now, which happens to be in Idaho, by the way, Moscow, Idaho, doing a story yeah. on the yeah. students going back to school. That's where I'm going right now. It was scheduled to leave at 9.10, so it's still on time because it's after that wow. o'clock time. All right. All right, yep. Gary Tuckman, live for us uh, at an Atlanta Hearts Field, obviously in Atlanta, Georgia, um, checking on the information that's coming out of there and what is happening. So far, 3,500 flights, it's the latest that we have, and that is probably uh, climbing. We have a system outage, and the FAA is announcing um, all domestic ordering all domestic departures on hold until 9 a.m. We are quickly approaching 9 a.m., mm -hmm. so we'll see if there is an update soon. As we leave you, just for this quick break, with these pictures of LAX, where we don't see much movement from those planes sitting there on the tarmac at the gates. More CNN This Morning to come after the break. Um, very much so inconvenient. I didn't receive any um, notification. I kept checking and said there was no flight status, so I thought everything was okay. Uh, that is a passenger at the airport in Cleveland. There is a uh, domestic departures now on hold until 9 a.m. And as we have been saying, it's getting close to 9 a.m. We'll see if the FAA rescinds that. But basically now they have ordered all flights to be grounded until 9 a.m. All domestic departures, I should say, because uh, there's a system down, the system that monitors everything, that keeps all the traffic um, safe, passengers, airplanes, what have you, around the country. And so we're following that. You're looking at airports all over the country. That's Reagan right there. Airplanes just sitting on the tarmac, most of them at gates, and passengers are either sitting on those planes or they're sitting in the airports waiting, waiting to see if they're going to take off. Pictures now from Los Angeles International Airport, LAX. And we're going to continue to update you throughout the hours here on CNN. We are. Let's go to our colleague, Athena Jones. She joins us live at Newark Airport. Athena, I was just with you in this office two hours ago, and no one expected you'd be at Newark, but you are. What's the scene there? 
Well, Poppy, I can tell you, I want you to look at this board right now. Things are beginning to change here at Newark. The FAA just about a minute ago sent out an update, update number four, saying they're making progress on restoring this critical information system that uh, pilots need in order to be able to take off safely uh, domestically. It's called the Notice to Air Mission System uh, following an overnight outage. And they said that departures are now resuming here at Newark Airport and at Atlanta, uh, Atlanta's airport uh, due to air traffic congestion in these areas, and we expect departures to resume at other airports uh, at 9 a.m. So we'll see if that happens, but I want you to look at this board. You see the orange uh, delayed next to these uh, flights, and then you see yellow check-in open. Just in the last few minutes, some of the earlier delayed flights became uh, uh, t turned into check-in open. Now, some of these open check-ins are for international flights. We've spoken to several uh, passengers who were checking in for international flights. Those were never uh, an issue, but we should begin to, ex to expect to see this board changing when it comes to these delays. And there was another flight, I believe, to Fort Lauderdale that was able to, it showed departed as of about 7.15. So things may be beginning to be resolved here at Newark. Uh, there's not a lot of folks in this terminal. This is partly international flights, partly domestic flights. And, you know, some people, you know, get they get this information, they hear there's a problem and they're going to pause before they come to the airport to see if it's resolved. But it may be that, uh, at least at Newark, according to the FAA, flights are going to be uh, resuming their departures. And so we should expect to see a lot of these delays or, uh, you know, a lot of these, this, this board changing here at Poppy. That would be great. Um, Athena Jones, thank you very much. And just the FAA just a few minutes ago put out a statement just to say all flights currently in the sky are safe to land. Pilots check the NOTAM system before they fly. Yeah. Just so everyone knows, if you're in the air, your loved ones are in the air, they are fine. Yeah, because people are concerned about that, obviously. Uh, let's bring in now our chief business anchor here, and that is none other than Christine Romans. You have been standing by. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, sitting no. by and, and monitoring situation. I've been emailing with airlines all morning. <laughs> but this all, we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to all of you. We'll get to all yeah. of you. But this all means money. This is business. Well, it absolutely does. And it's an inconvenience for so many people, business travelers and, and leisure travelers. We're back to pre-pandemic levels. I mean, yesterday, Yesterday, 1.67 million people passed through TSA checkpoints in the U.S. Uh, that is more than on the same day in 2019. So we are back to pre-pandemic levels and people are flying. Millions of people are flying. At, at, at peak operational times, you have 5,400 planes in the air. And all those connections, all of those business travels, travelers uh, and, and vacations that are happening here. Uh, so this is um, a big inconvenience. And it's not because of weather. And it's not because of flight crews that are not available uh, or over overstretched or staffing issues. This is 100% because of an FAA outage. And I was emailing with United Airlines, you know, we're complying with that directive, that directive from the FAA to ground all uh, outgoing aircraft until uh, 9 a.m. So this is something where the airlines, the executives, their hands are tied here. Um, they've got planes that are gassed up, fueled up. They've got crews that are ready. Uh, they've got routes that they're ready to service. But they have the, the federal government saying you can't do it until 9 a.m. We've gone from we started probably with, what, 1230, 1230 flights. And then it was 3500. And then now I just looked up and it's 3700. So even though we had this sort of arbitrary, you know, deadline saying 9 a.m., right? So we're, we're waiting to see what the FAA indeed does at 9 a.m. if they move it back. Yeah. But still, it's already started to affect this because 
it's a delay. It's a delay. People can't get to where they're going. As you said, the planes are, they're actually using fuel or energy yeah. as they're on the ground there. So. And there are connections. So the thing to watch next, and, and it's interesting because what our reporters are saying at the airports is they're not seeing a lot of cancellations yet. They're seeing these early morning flights have been rolled to, to a little bit later. So they have been delayed. But at some point you start missing connections, right? And then when you miss the connection, that's where the rebooking has to happen. So what you're hearing from travel experts is go to the app, make sure you're on the app, check the app, reschedule if you can. If you don't need to travel this morning, travel tomorrow if it's not an urgent uh, trip right now. And, um, you know, maybe don't leave for the airport right away if you can just use the app and reschedule for another day um, to travel if it's not important travel. But you've got millions of, pe millions of people uh, coming and going here at America's airports. This is a, a vital artery. And, you know, we'd heard from the United Airlines CEO just a couple of months ago, you know, September's usually are kind of a slow month for United. And September, he said, was one of the best months they've had for September in years. And that's because uh, with hybrid work in the U.S., every weekend is a three-day weekend. People are traveling like crazy coming out of sort of the COVID lockdowns and the like. Mm -hmm. So these airlines have been struggling really to keep up with so much passenger demand. And today, this is not an airline issue. This is an FAA issue, yeah. to be very, very clear here. They've got the planes. They've got the staff. They just don't have the clearance to fly it right now. Christine Robin, thank you very, very much. We do want to get now, uh, I do want to tell you the latest update from the FBA, FAA. They're making progress, um, and some more flights are departing now from Newark, where Athena just was, uh, and, um, and from Atlanta, Hartsfield. So hopefully that's a sign of what's to come in the next few hours. So I want to bring in now the Lieutenant uh, Governor of the State of California, California, Eleni uh, Koulakis is with us. Koulakis is with us. Lieutenant Governor, obviously we booked you to come on and join us and we appreciate you're here um, for the weather uh, crisis in your state. And, and we're gonna get to that in a moment, but given this breaking news, could you just address any updates you might have from the state of California, the most populous state in our country, major airports up and down California, um, how they are dealing with this and how this is impacting folks? Well, Poppy, it's great to be with you. I've been sitting here watching the coverage. It's really extraordinary. I can't remember any circumstance where all of the flights across the country have been grounded for what appears to be um, a problem with the overall computer system. Here in California, this is gonna impact us. We're in an emergency situation right yeah. now with the weather and the storms and the flooding and the power outages and mudslides. And so on top of that, to have our 24 airports, which have scheduled flights, have all of the flights grounded uh, is, uh, is, is very significant for us here in our state. Does the weather, that was my first thought, the last, the last thing California needs, does the weather impact at all the resources that you are getting in from the federal government outside of money to help deal with the crisis across the state right now? So it is a state of emergency here. People have been watching these dramatic rescues. Um, we've had evacuations in uh, Santa Barbara and Southern California and Montecito. <clears throat> so uh, we certainly need our airports to bring in supplies and assistance from the federal government. Again, hopefully this is just a minor delay and the flights are gonna be back up soon. It's early here in California. It's yeah. uh, just after 5, 5.30 in the morning. So hopefully these delays will work themselves out mm -hmm. if the system is back up and running soon. Mm -hmm. So let me just turn to the weather. Uh, Lieutenant Governor, and the update you gave yesterday here on CNN was that the, the death count uh, from this is 17. I wonder what you can tell us about conditions this morning and if that number has gone up. So the 
Unfortunately, we've lost 17 people. That's more than we've lost in the last two years of wildfires. Uh, so this is a very significant emergency. And, you know, um, we've never really seen anything like this. The, the state has been experiencing drought for the last four years, and now we have storm upon storm. We've had six storms in the last two weeks. Uh, this is the kind of weather that you would get in a year, and we've compressed it just into two weeks. And more significantly, we're looking at more rain over the next week. Uh, and already everything is so wet. We're seeing trees coming down with high winds of 50 to 60 miles an hour. We're looking at uh, fully saturated ground that can't take any more water. So in the coming days with more rain coming, uh, we're looking at more flooding, more down trees, more high winds, more power outages. So we're very, very concerned about what's to come. We yeah, need the rain, but then it's so dry that it cannot absorb all that rain. And that's bad for the trees. It's bad for structures as well because it can cause them to tumble. We are thinking about you. That's uh, right. The, Go ahead, Governor. The drainage system just can't handle any more water. We can't get the water out of the neighborhoods quickly enough. So again, there's a bit of a reprieve in Southern California where we saw some really dramatic images and situations yesterday, uh, but it's raining up in the north. Uh, there's going to be more rain coming in in the next few days here in Southern California as well. So we're working hard on the cleanup, but also to get ready for more rain. Yeah. Well, California Lieutenant Governor Alini Kunalakis, we are all thinking about you guys. Thank you for your time this morning. Thank you. Good to be with you. Thank you very much, Governor. The breaking news here on CNN, uh, obviously, you see we've been covering it uh, throughout the hour. CFA announcing uh, and ordering all domestic departures on hold until 9 a.m. because of this system, uh, this no-tam system that was down, experiencing problems. Now, here the, the new information is, it's getting close to, to 9 a.m., 9.30 here uh, in the east. The FAA is now saying that they are starting to resume. Um, go. Okay. So I'm being told by producers they are speaking to me as we're talking now that there's a flight maybe taking off at Newark. But they're starting to resume some of the flights now, Atlanta and Newark airports and at other airports. And they will start, they believe, at 9 a.m. with more. They're making progress and restoring the system. Our Pete Montine, our aviation correspondent, reporting that an airline source familiar with the situation is telling CNN that they are hearing that information from the NOTAM system starting to flow right now, but they want to ensure the stability of its so basically, basically what we're saying to you is stand by. They're not sure yet. OK, so we'll keep you posted live from more airports throughout the country on the other side of this break with the breaking news. All right. So here's the breaking news here on CNN. And the pictures you're looking at that those are of passengers who were stuck in a plane or on a plane in London for almost three hours. It happened at Heathrow International Airport, and we're told the flight just took off. They were informed of the FAA delays prior to boarding that plane, but proceeded to get on the aircraft anyway. Again, their flight just took off. So the information we're getting still, there is, um, they're, they're saying that the, all domestic departures are on hold until 9 a.m. here in the United States. But at some airports, we're also being told that that's starting to lift um, at, what is it, the airports, Newark and Atlanta airports. Uh, and they're hoping by 9 a.m. it'll lift throughout the country here. But we're monitoring this so far. As far as CNN's count, 3,700 uh, flights have been delayed at least until 9 a.m. So we're continuing to following 
continue, we will continue to follow this here on CNN throughout the hours. We want to get now to CNN's Amara Walker, who is in Atlanta International Airport, Hartsfield, uh, with the latest on that. Amara, good morning to you. What are you seeing? Hey, Don. Well, first off, you know, it, what I'm seeing is not nearly as messy or as chaotic as you saw over uh, the holiday season. But I have been talking to a few people here. And by the way, keep in mind, it's a Wednesday, right? So it's a it's a lower trafficked, uh, you know, less busier travel day. Um, I spoke with a father who uh, just found out that his daughter's flight uh, at 8.55 to California has been canceled, so he's going to go get her right now and obviously drive back home. Um, this gentleman uh, was saying that, you know, it, it's kind of like PTSD for him. I mean, reliving the trauma because his son got stranded in the airport here at ATL over the holidays, and he ended up having to drive to his location. Um, so, it, an inconvenience of, you know, the mood here, you know, generally it's, it's quiet at this time. And if you look at the departure board here behind me, you will see a lot of delays and a few cancellations. Many of those cancellations that we saw so far are with United Airlines, and those were the, for the flights that were taking off at around 8 or 9 o'clock. Um, I also spoke with a woman here at the Southwest counter who said that she had a flight at 8 o'clock this morning. That got pushed back to noon. Then she got booked on another flight at 2 o'clock. Then that got pushed back to 6 p.m. So she said, you know what, forget it. I'm just going to go home and wait this out and see you know, when this system glitch is repaired. So uh, Atlanta International Airport also issuing a statement saying and urging all passengers to make sure they check their flight status before heading here. So all in all, it's, it's a little quieter here um, as a result of it being a Wednesday. Um, and yes, we are seeing many delays and some cancellations at this point, Don. All right, all right. I'm a Walker at Atlanta Hartsfield. Thank you very much. And probably it happened so early that people were able yeah. to get the information and did not head to yeah. the airport. And that was good advice. Wait it out at home rather than at an airport. Just wait for tomorrow if yeah. you can. Yeah. Uh, they're monitoring the situation in Washington, D.C. from the White House and beyond. Our Caitlin Collins with more information on that. Caitlin, hello to you. Yeah, President Biden has already been briefed this morning. He's watching this closely. So is the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg. Also lawmakers here on Capitol Hill. Joining us this morning is Congresswoman Nancy Mace, who has sat on the Transportation and Infrastructure Subcommittee on Aviation. So obviously has good perspective on what is happening here right now and big questions that I imagine you have. And this was initially what we were going to be talking right. about this morning, right. but this major breaking news that is happening and affecting travelers nationwide. What questions do you have this morning about well, this? Well, first of all, I want to say safety first, right? It seems like and sounds like we don't have a lot of information right now, but putting the safety of American flyers first is number one priority. And it sounds like that's what's happening right now. But we just went through this with Southwest Airlines with a technical glitch in their software. And we saw thousands and thousands of flights canceled um, every single day for at least a week when that was going on. And I do have questions for the FAA. We'll have the FAA reauthorization this year. And I would like, obviously, we're all going to want to know what actually happened when and why um, to have more information. And it sounds like we're going to be having a lot of hearings on technology uh, this legislative session. Yeah, so that reauthorization has to do with basically the funding for the FAA. It, it, is your sense that their technology is quite outdated? Well, we don't we don't have a we don't know a lot of information right now. This is all just breaking news, but that's going to be my first question. Is one, what happened? Two, is this because we're dealing with legacy and outdated technology and systems? It's 2022, and we want to make sure if we're going to hold Southwest's feet to the fire on that issue that we hold ourselves to the same standard. But it's too early to say right now, but we will have to bring in the head of the FAA and others to explain to Congress and the American people what happened. 
people should be able to fly on a random Wednesday morning and know that their flights are going to take off safely and securely. And we have a lot of more questions than answers at this point. Yeah, a lot of questions that we have as well. Obviously, we're monitoring with the FAA to see what's going on. Right. If this is going to resume at 9 a.m. Uh, we are here, obviously, on Capitol Hill. This is the first week of the new majority since last week after all of the drama with the House Speaker. Right. You still have a lot of questions for Speaker McCarthy about what was happening behind closed doors last week as he was making deals with the holdouts for him. Do you feel like you have a full scope of what he promised to people in order to get their vote to become House Speaker? Certainly after our conference meeting yesterday, we all have a better perspective on what was agreed to. Obviously, in the rules package, really nothing changed in the rules package. That's the first piece of misinformation I want to correct is that the only change to the rules in the way that the House will operate after a four or five day standoff last week was on the motion to vacate, going from five members down to one. Now, there are other things that were negotiated. There are certain bills, like having a vote on the term limits bill, having a vote on a certain immigration and border bill. There, those were other deals that were cut. They'll all go through regular order. Even the talk of defense spending and appropriations, all of that will go through regular order. But I do question what other private handshakes were made, what other promises were made behind closed doors that we don't yet quite know about. And we do know that some of those, a faction of the 20, went to leadership and there was some sort of document and there were questions about that. Well, what was that? That big rumor was, what's this addendum? Does it exist or does it not? And um, I think sunshine's the best medicine, you know, and American people should know what deals were cut or were not. Uh, to clamp down on any of those rumors or accusations that have been going around. Yeah, and being on a committee is a really powerful position. Those are decisions that are being made here in just a few hours, right. which Republicans are getting on which committees. Right. Dusty Johnson, one of your colleagues, told me yesterday he does not believe Kevin McCarthy promised any specific member a seat on a specific committee. But is that your understanding? That's what we've all been told. And here's Do you a, believe that? Well, I mean, we'll see at the end. Of the day. We'll know in a few days once the steering committee has gone through the process and We'll see what the committee ratios look like. We'll see how many members on each committee and who are on those committees at the end of the day. That will be public. That information will be public. And we'll know, hopefully, in the next week or two how that shakes out. But it's important that we come up here, we work hard, and you earn your spots on committees. I mean, this should not be a handout. People shouldn't jump to the front of the line, you know, uh, for certain positions or for power and money. And I said this last week. There was a small faction of the holdouts who were sending out fundraising emails and fundraising texts every time they voted against Kevin McCarthy. And they took a constitutional process and then politicized it. And it was deeply disappointing. I represent a purple district, about as purple as your jacket <laughs> this morning. <laughs> And I, I went home for 36 hours this weekend. Republicans, independents, Democrats were all very frustrated about what looked like a public food fight last week. Nancy Mace, well, I imagine that is going to continue for the next two years. So that will be, we'll have a lot of questions for you going forward. I know you have that committee process today. Thank you for taking time to weigh in on that and what's happening with the FA and that breaking news. Thank you. Don Poppy, obviously, you know, big questions that lawmakers have, as she was saying, the FAA is up for reauthorization. And so this will be one of the first things she says lawmakers are going to be asking about. Yeah. And will they confirm, Caitlin, the guest you had on a few weeks ago, um, you know, will, will, Phil Washington. will he be renominated and confirmed so there's a permanent head of the FAA to answer those lawmaker questions? Thank you very much. We are you know, 16 minutes to 9 a.m. Eastern time. That is when the FAA said all domestic flights would be grounded until some have started to take off, including at Newark and Atlanta. We'll give you an update on how this is proceeding right after this. More CNN This Morning to come after the break. I just spoke with Rudy. 
If they don't know what the cause is, but I was on the phone in Los Angeles. I phone report directly to me when they find out. Aircraft can still land safely, just not take off right now. We don't know what the cause of it is. They expect it to be able in a couple hours they'll have a good sense of the cause of it. And, uh, and we'll respond at that time. Well, well, why did that we don't know. Okay, we'll find well, out. Sir, Okay, so um, back now with our breaking news. Obviously, the President of the United States, and just to be transparent with you, that is trying to drown out the, trop, the chopper mm -hmm. noise in the background, saying that he spoke, we said, I just spoke with Buttigieg, meaning the Transportation uh, Secretary, uh, Secretary Pete Buttigieg, and he says they don't know the cause of it. They're checking into these, this um, system uh, failure that they have had this morning, and they are basically grounding or putting on hold, that's their language, all flights, that are taking off in the United States, all departing flights until 9 a.m., which is quickly approaching in about 10 minutes. So we'll see if they move that back. We are told, though, uh, that at some airports, uh, at Newark and Atlanta airports, they're starting to resume some operations, but we will check with that. But basically around the country, about 3,700 flights and counting uh, have been grounded. And we'll see if the cancellations start rolling in, but this is gonna affect the entire system, basically a domino uh, effect. So let's check in now with the person who's been giving us all this information now and also about the information you reported earlier from this NOTAM system is uh, our Pete Montine, uh, our uh, aviation correspondent. It's starting to flow in, we're told, but that 9 a.m. time still firm right now as of this moment. So what do you know? 8.50 now, Don, so we have 10 minutes until the nationwide ground stop ends. The big question now is what will happen after that ground stop gets alleviated and whether or not this will get extended if the FAA has fully fixed this problem. We are hearing from airline sources that they may implement their own ground delay programs, especially at some of the major hubs, as they work to get all of these flights out all at once. Just looked at the ramp here at the tarmac here at Reagan National Airport. It is dead, completely still. There have been no takeoffs or landings here in some time. Uh, this will have a trickle-down effect nationwide. So think about these things. The fact that the planes are all out of position, they've been out of position for several hours now. That the crews are also out of position. They also have a mandatory uh, day that they have to work uh, for the airline per FAA regulations, meaning if they go beyond that time, they time out. They essentially have to go back to their hotel and wait for the next day. So. Likely there will be a large impact here beyond this ground stop ending in just a few minutes. We are hearing from the FAA that it is repopulating this NOTAM system, Notice to Air Missions, formerly known as Notice to Air Men. That is the uh, specific information that pilots need to read about the airport that they're leaving, the route that they're taking, and the airport that they're going to land at, especially about the things like whether or not uh, runways are opened or closed, whether or not there are specific navigational aids that they need to land, whether or not those are working in proper order. This is really critical stuff. It's essentially like a bulletin board uh, that pilots read, hey Pete, but they must read we have it some the new information. It's in the regulations, Bible and verse. Sorry to cut you off. We have some new information Poppy needs to get just in. Let's show yeah. uh, the FAA just came out with this statement, Pete. As you were speaking, they say normal air traffic operations are resuming gradually across the United States following the overnight outage and the noticed air mission system that provides safety. Info to flight crews, the ground stop has been lifted. There's your headline. Welcome news for folks at the airport. Ground stop lifted, Pete. 
ahead of 9 a.m., they're continuing to look into the cause of the initial problem. But as of now, Pete, 4,000-plus flights, we're told, uh, delayed, but it's been lifted. 700 cancellations. So while it has been lifted, there's still major problems to contend with today as it comes to flying here in the United States. Yeah, I'm just refreshing FlightAware. 4,013 delays across the country. And the airlines now have to play this game of catch-up because there's really this domino effect, this cascading effect. When so many flights are delayed, that means that so many things are out of order. We have seen it. Think about uh, the Southwest issues of just a couple weeks ago when they had that back-end issue on their own infrastructure where planes and crews were out of position because of a weather event that only lasted a, a day or so, but they had problems for days and days. It was really starting on the 23rd of December, didn't really end and resume normal operations out southwest until the 30th of December. So we have seen when things like this happen, they really cause problems that really linger. And so we will see as the airlines deal with this, especially at some of those major hubs. Uh, we know that the airlines are now able to move flights at large uh, airports like Newark and Atlanta. Those are big hubs. We'll see as this uh, alleviates and the FAA says it now has the system online if this is fully back to normal sometime soon. Okay. Our aviation correspondent, Pete Montine, live for us at Reagan International this morning. And it's nice to be able to get to the end of our broadcast uh, with some good news. The FAA has lifted the ground stop. It's going to be messy, as Pete just said, but it is lifted and hopefully things start to get back yeah, to normal. the second part of what you're saying, yeah, screen, I know. cancellations, cancellations rise, rise. So uh, we will have, get ready. Yeah, we'll have a final update for you in just a few minutes. Stay with us right here on CNN This Morning. All right, welcome back to CNN This Morning. The ground stop that has rocked the nation this morning has now just been lifted, effective immediately. This comes as lawmakers and cabinet secretaries up to the White House and President Biden are monitoring the situation here in Washington. Secretary Pete Buttigieg saying that he is calling for an after-action report. He wants to know the root causes behind this. We are here live on Capitol Hill with Congressman Rick Larson, who is the ranking member on Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. So obviously important perspective here. You spoke with Secretary Buttigieg this morning. What did he tell you about what was going on? Well, the, the first thing I want to say is that this is a major disruption to the traveling public. Uh, the flip side of that is it's important that the uh, air system is safe first and foremost. And what Secretary Buttigieg said this morning to me was he called for this ground stop because these notices to air mission, these alerts that go out to pilots flying in the air, that system stops sending messages out. So pilots were without one of the tools they have to understand the situa situational awareness in the airspace. That was why we had to call the ground stop uh, nationwide. It's this after action report. I mean, people want to know what led to this because it's obviously caused some cancellations. The delays are going to continue given they haven't been able to take off for the last hour or so. What does an after action report look like? What questions do you want answered from the FAA? Yeah, I can guarantee uh, everyone, the members of Congress are going to want to see the, uh, the results of that after action report. Uh, we don't know if this was uh, just a, a technology issue or if it's something deeper, but uh, if this is a, if the underlying problem is that the technology at the FAA to, to spit out these notums, these notices to air emissions, if there's something wrong, if it's old, if it's old software, uh, we need to know what that is, wh whether or not the FAA needs to upgrade the system or not. There's a lot of questions that we're, uh, that I have, and I know that my colleagues will have about the root causes of this problem. How, what's the current state of the FAA infrastructure? 
Say that again, please. The current state of the FAA infrastructure, is it yeah. up to date? Yeah, I, I, think that, I think it begs the question. The situation begs the question about the current state of the technology infrastructure at the FAA. Uh, we're going to need to take a look at that. We have an opportunity with the Federal Aviation Administration authorization bill coming up this year to examine this very question and uh, hopefully, maybe if we need to, make some improvements, make some funding increases so that it can improve the system. Okay, we'll be following that closely. Congressman Rick Larson, I know you ran over here to comment on this and give us some very important perspective after your conversation with Secretary Buttigieg. So thank you for that. And thank you Thanks, for joining Dave. us. Appreciate the opportunity. Don Poppy, obviously a lot of big questions here as this ground stop now has been lifted effective immediately. Uh, big questions for the FAA going forward about what was behind this. The ground stop has been lifted, but they didn't lift the lawnmower stop behind you, Caitlin. <laughs> we could hear that was also part of that interview once to get in on it. Caitlin is in Washington. We're here in New York. Caitlin, are you back in Washington tomorrow as well? We'll be back. Well, okay. I, hopefully I'm not flying back to New York. No, she's taking, taking the, the train. train. <laughs> I just booked you a ticket, sister. All right. Okay, okay, Caitlin. Thank you very much. We appreciate it. CNN Newsroom starts right now, of course, with the breaking news as well. That is it for this episode of CNN This Morning. You can check out our lineup of podcasts and showcasts at CNN.com slash audio or in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Now streaming exclusively on Max, a new CNN flash talk about the album that has Nashville talking, Call Me Country, Beyonce and Nashville's Renaissance. Watch it at max.com slash callmecountry. Max subscription required.